Good evening and a welcome to El Osafumar Takes. This is our 191st take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Euless, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplissy, as always, and I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. This is going to be a flavorful flavor. Yeah, this is going to be a flavorful show. A lot of alliteration, hopefully, tonight. And with the amount of drinking that we're going to be doing, there's going to be a lot more slurring involved with too. So that was just a little preview. Before we get to formal introductions of our esteemed guests. We're going to take a brief uh, a brief recognition of tonight's sponsors, and tonight's show is sponsored by Drew Estate. Drew Estate is about to make someone a whole lot richer. Yes, during its latest freestyle lives, the company's Facebook live on Facebook live page, Drew Estate uh, dot Drew Estate Cigar. Drew Estate has announced that it will hold a Bitcoin sweepstakes. Yes, one lucky fan will receive an entire Bitcoin on February seventeenth. 2022 you have one last chance on january 20th to be part of the running for this entire bitcoin this is no joke you are going to get a bitcoin if you tune into drew estate's freestyle live on february 17th and have been selected from one of the previous freestyle lives one was on october 15th then a couple weeks ago on the 11th of november you have one more chance on january 20th you don't want to miss out the company will randomly select names of five people who attend the online show and comment during specific times so you want to be part of that show on january 20th so on february 17th you are in the running for an entire yes an entire full bitcoin to get a whole lot richer Brought to you by Drew Estate. And welcome, everyone. This is our 191st take. And we're pleased to welcome in our guests of honor, sponsored by United Cigars and Smoke One Today. Start Living United. Mr. Rob Rasmussen and Randy Griggs. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Hey, Bear. Doing- What's up, buddy? I, I, intro, man. I'm, I'm, that is a heck of an intro. That, it's hard to even like speak after that, that like buildup. That's awesome. I'm, I'm stoked. I'm stoked for this show. I'm so stoked. I was fumbling over words. I mean, that was, I mean, that was pretty, <laughs> I got, I need to have another drink now just to, just to calm my nerves here a little bit, but, uh, but uh, gentlemen, I'm so excited for you to join. I've been, I've been really excited to do this show. I've been wanting to have you guys on uh, to talk about uh, the project you guys are doing at Cigar Jojo for a while. So this is, this is, this is a culmination of all of that. And again, an on air nod to Rob for orchestrating this, putting this all together for us when I was reaching out to him, and making sure y'all's schedule collided with mine. So thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I sent Randy a couple of texts. Is that, that's all I hey, did. You know but, what? It but worked I appreciate, out. I, but I appreciate the recognition. It worked but, out. But they were, <laughs> they were timely texts and well, and well worded. I'll, I'll and, give you that. And, and you didn't read any of them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when, when Robbie Raz tells me, Randy, I need you somewhere at 7.30 on Sunday. I don't even need to ask. But then when I found out that I got an opportunity to be on El Oso Fumar takes. I'm a huge fan of the show, Bear. Super excited to be here. I've watched uh, everything that you've ever done until my son was born, and it's <laughs> it's been spotty since then. But but uh, I'm a big fan. Super happy to be here. It's uh, it's understandable, man. Sleep is sleep is a lost commodity. So I I, I get it. Uh, no no worries on that for sure. But uh, but no, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We're gonna we're gonna go down this uh, this this odyssey together, this journey that the two of you have taken. Uh, but a couple of things to settle at the very beginning here. Uh, uh, first and foremost, uh, we got to talk about what we're smoking, what we're drinking tonight. I know we're getting to get into pairings later on in the evening, but uh, I know everyone's already curious, especially for you guys. I mean, that's a, that's a big thing for what y'all do. So uh, Randy, why don't you kick us off here? Uh, what, what are you, what are you lighting up and what are you drinking tonight? 
I have uh, in my hand here the J.C. Newman, uh, the American, uh, smoke, smoking this with the, uh, this is just my go-to. I figured, you know what, we're going to kind of sh- sh- show a little bit about ourselves. My go-to if I'm not showing off or trying to do a show or anything, Michter's uh, Straight Rye is uh, kind of my standard go-to beverage and uh, goes wonderfully with cigars. It just so happens. Beautiful. Rob, what about you? When you're not showing off, I love it. I like the honesty, Randy. Appreciate that. Um, I'm smoking <laughs> the uh, H. Upman uh, 175th anniversary, uh, which is uh, one of the first and frankly only reviews that Randy has ever done for the Cigar <laughs> Dojo. Uh, it's no, I I went to the the review page. So if you go to Cigar <laughs> Dojo, you can cigardojo.com. That's where Randy and I host our show. And you can see different uh, folks who have done uh, reviews. You can look up, you know, different things, whatever. And I did a search for Randy because it's been a while since he's done one. So I had to search and like six whole reviews popped up. And I said, I want to I want to smoke something that he reviewed on the show. And am I laid it on too thick? A little too thick. (laughs) Um, this is a lot of buildup just no, to say no, that I don't I just, pull my weight. <laughs> no, I, I went down the list and uh, this was uh, the most readily available cigar for me on the list. And uh, I really enjoy it. H up in the 175th anniversary. Plus it's uh, I think it's basically a Churchill format. So I knew it would get me through the show. And uh, since uh, I had a feeling we were going to be here for a while, I lined up a few beers. Uh, I started starting with this uh, Guinness uh, nitro cold brew coffee, which is, this is the first second time I've had this. I just bought a four pack of these the other day. Uh, very, very tasty. Checks in at a, a very uh, digestible 4% ABV. But um, I liked the idea of getting that cold brew coffee in there, especially with this particular cigar for the pairing. So, uh, so far, so good. Fantastic. Well, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really eager to talk to you guys about some of the, some of the pairings that y'all do here on your show here. And we're going to, we're going to get into that here in just a little bit as uh possible but i i am smoking a uh, cigar too and 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 that's actually a pretty interesting thing to bring to light rob i you know and randy don't feel bad um i haven't been pulling my (laughs) weight yes lately either but i am also a reviewer for cigar dojo and uh so it's kind of cool to have the three of us on the show together in that light uh uh, but Rob's, uh, Rob's, Rob's holding a strong, he's the only one doing anything lately these days, but, uh, I'm smoking the, uh, Placencia, uh, Alma Fuente, Colorado Claro, Ooh, the green ooh, one. Nice. It is the, it is the six toe though. It is the, uh, yeah. box press on six sides. Oh, nice. uh, and, uh, so I'm, I've been looking forward to actually smoking this for a while. This is my first time smoking it. So I don't know, uh, if my pairing is going to go well, but we'll, uh, we'll see, but I wanted to smoke something special with you gentlemen tonight. So that's what I'm going to light up here momentarily. Um, but, uh, first there's actually something we need to settle right now. Uh, so, um, again i was gearing up for the show i put out the advertisements for the show and i was putting words down on laying laying it thick on the keyboard and i had a nice little flow going and it seems i offended one of our guests and i just want to clarify my remarks so uh blast from the past rob uh means uh our past uh ellos fumar takes past this is your second appearance on ellos fumar takes that's how long it's been the 26th you were the 26th uh, on the 26 take. So it's been uh, a long time as you, you guys heard at the beginning of the show, this is our 191st. So uh, a long, a long time coming for Rob's return to this show. So I, I, I say a long, it. long time ago, Rob is yeah. old. 
Yeah, that's it's fair. Yeah, it's fair. I, I think uh, and and to say that you offended me is is way too strong of a word. Uh, and but frankly, I'm easily offended. Um, no, no, I'm not. I, I'm not offended at all. But uh, no, you're right. This was this has been a while. This uh, boy, that was uh, back with in the Mombacho days. Yeah. When uh, oh, when okay. you had me had me on the show. So, yeah, that's that is going back, um, going back a ways. But I'm, I'm just thrilled to be back, man. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, we talked hats and Mombacho, and I frequently still get messages occasionally to see if the the uh, the giveaway that uh, you you were offering in the show is still active. I'm like, well, you probably have to take it up with uh, current uh, Mombacho man. Did, did I not send out the giveaway? <laughs> you did, you did, but I think there like I think there was also a code involved too that that might have gotten them some other oh, stuff. Oh yeah, right, there was like a discount was, code, yeah, yeah for, the, the, for the store or something. I don't yeah. even know if that store is still active. <laughs> so. Uh, so yes, a while ago, but it's great to have you back, Rob, and uh, it's great to have you on, Randy, for the first time. So, um, but uh, again, just kind of wanted to just spark up some conversation as we're lighting up our, our cigars, or probably already have, and and uh, testing with our drinks here. But uh, it, it 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 came to my attention as I've as I've been you know become acquainted with the two of you over over the years, and uh, and also listened to you guys on other shows and everything. Um, the two of you actually have a like a uh, not a traditional um, let's say work life I guess um, and so it, it it also brought to my attention that you guys have several jobs between the two of you so I thought it'd be interesting to kind of go through and actually see who has more um, and uh, so I, I thought we'd we'd kind of go down that line so so Randy I mean I noticed on your email signature that you sent me a minute ago you have like 20 titles so that's <laughs> So that, well, there, there's some there's some icons, there's some uh, trademarked uh, yes. certifications, if you will, yeah, pretty impressive. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I was I was a little disappointed that Ph.D. didn't make it in there, but I'm sure that's uh, coming. The thesis oh, is probably in the works. If only if only. Yeah, that's it's definitely a, a life goal. But uh, no, I was lucky enough to find uh, find a career that I was passionate in at an early age and um I've been able to uh, stay with that career and find different ways to kind of live through my passion. So I worked in the beer and craft beer industry uh, very specifically. And uh, today I am the national brand manager for 21st Amendment Brewery, which is the 34th largest craft brewery in America. And uh, and it's been a hell of a ride getting here. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Um, and and uh, I, I won't go through every job I've had in beer, but but I've been able to work in craft beer since I was 21 years old, starting in a homebrew shop um, and uh, and peppering uh, commercial brewers with questions and asking for opportunities to come and uh, uh, offer free labor, uh, which in the beer industry will get you in the door just about anywhere. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. And so, uh, so yeah, I, I've, I've worked a lot of festivals, um, so I, I've been part of uh, some pretty significant uh, production teams uh, like the Brewers Association who puts on great, uh, the Great American Beer Festival in Colorado every year. Um, so yeah, I've, I've got to do some, some fun stuff in beer. Um, obviously, you know, hobbies, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Bear, it's funny you, you, you asked that question because I have people give me a grief about uh, having too many hobbies and that I'm all over the place. And I always like to say, well, I, I really just have, you know, one passion that all my hobbies revolve around and that's flavor. Uh, so I'm a barbecue, uh, I'm a barbecue, uh, 
uh, pit master for a, for a competitive barbecue team. I make beef jerky on the side. I do, uh, I, I roast my own coffee. I make beer and wine. Historically, it's been a few years since I've done either of those at home. As Rob and I were, were laughing, I say, well, how, how long can I go in between homebrews and still call myself a homebrewer? It's been a few years now. Um, but, but I was, uh, I was a national award-winning homebrewer, you know, in, in the prime of, of, of my run. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a good run. I'll tell you that. Um, well, that was a really long description for just one job. So you just have one job. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was trying to like make it a nice lot of hobbies though. It, yeah, it sounds I, like, well, so. well, yeah, so, so, so I, I, well, I golf. So, you, so I, you, I, 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 I cook, I'm, I'm really into food again. Everything's flavor. Randy, Randy, what do you get paid to do? So beer, uh, beer and cigars is what so I beer get and cigars. Paid okay. Okay. So two, I make some money on my jerky. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was gonna say the jerky I, thing. There, there's a little, little, little barbecue uh, too, right? I, I was gonna say actually, I, I've won some purses for barbecue as well. Uh, so, so technically, I've made some money on that. Uh, beer judging um, is I don't. I've never made money judging beer, but that, that's one of the things I'm. Uh, I'm very proud of is is uh, I started as a beer judge uh, really early, and it kind of set. Uh, you know, I learned I learned for both barbecue and beer becoming a judge of competition makes you such a uh, gives a strategic advantage to being a competitor. Uh, so I knew I wanted to brew really good beer. So I became a beer judge so I could learn what really good beer tastes like and how judges uh, determine that I wanted to make really good barbecue. So I became a barbecue judge uh, to learn how judges, you know, determine that. Um, so, so that that's, that's really what I'm probably most known for is, is that I become a, a judge of these things. I become certified in these things. Um, and that helps me to engage it at a higher level as a consumer and as a, as a hobbyist. So that, that sweet pig, I, that sweet pick I nabbed for the advertisement where you're tossing those wings. What, what yeah. competition is that? So that actually was a first place uh, uh, win championship that I won at the Russian River Beer and Barbecue Revival. Uh, okay. Now we're talking. <laughs> we're, I think we're on job number seven now. Okay. All right, now we're talking. Now it's moving along. All right, good. But I, I was getting, I was disappointed with my own question there for a while. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sorry. I, 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 as, as loquacious as I am, and as much as I like to talk about myself, it actually embarrasses me. So I just tried to sum it up all into, yeah, yeah, I like flavor. Thanks for asking, Bear. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, Rob, I know uh, I'll steal your thunder for just the first one, just because. Um, I've always been envious uh, in the most flattering of ways uh, that you get to work in the, for the greatest game on earth in major league baseball. And that to me is just fantastic. Uh, so you work for the giants. I'll, I'll let you tell everyone what you do and then with them. And then a couple of the other uh, ventures that you've uh, that you've taken on as well. Yeah. Um, thanks for the, the uh, compliment there. Yeah. I've worked for the, <clears throat> I technically don't work for the San Francisco Giants. I, they outsource everything. I, I work for a company that is now called PPI, which I don't even know what that stands for, to be honest with you. Uh, production poster something or other. I don't know. Wrong information, um, Rob. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, but I, uh, I've worked for the team uh, since 2006, um, and I run the digital scoreboard for uh, home games. So uh, it's a very long way of saying that I press buttons. If it's a ball, I press ball. If it's a strike, I press strike, that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, it's been, it's been quite a ride, man. Uh, I've worked some pretty, uh, terrible games. I've worked some pretty important games, worked an all-star game, 
World Series, uh, when Bonds hit 756, uh, Matt Cain's perfect game, uh, a couple of other no-hitters, um, Lincecum That's threw awesome. one, uh, Jonathan Sanchez, of all people, threw a no-hitter, um, <clears throat> and Yusmero Petit almost threw a perfect game, worked that one. Uh, again, World Series, walked in some World Series parades. I do have one ring from 2012. Um, yeah, it's uh, worked the COVID season with the, uh, the cardboard cutouts. And uh, halfway through the season this year, I realized how much I missed the cardboard cutouts. Uh, <laughs> they are, uh, they're a lot more, um, they're quiet. They're behaved. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're more well-behaved. Um, and they don't like jump up in your window and try to see what you're doing. Uh, but yeah, I've been doing that for a while. Um, I do, uh, marketing is kind of the main, uh, the main gig that I've done. I've done that in the beer industry uh, with uh, some local breweries out here uh, in San Francisco. Nothing to the, uh, to the scope that Randy's dealing with the 2-1-A. Um, so there are breweries that most of your uh, uh, viewers wouldn't know about, but Laughing Monk in San Francisco and uh, Fieldwork Brewery in, um, well, they're based in Berkeley, but they're all over Northern California. Um, I've done, and also in cigars with Mombacho Cigars back in the day. Uh, I say back in the day, that was only like three or four years ago, but it feels like two lifetimes ago. Um, and I do some writing on the Cigar Dojo and some other uh, freelance writing. Uh, some freelance design work, uh, just been doing a lot of different things lately to, uh, to, uh, keep me busy, but, uh, it's, it's a whole bunch of different stuff, man. But yeah, the bulk of awesome. my professional career has been in, was actually in athletics. I started, uh, at Sacramento state where I went to school and, um, I was at UC Berkeley for the, uh, the Tedford years when Aaron Rodgers and Marshawn Lynch and those guys were there, uh, worked in the athletics department there. I did one year with the A's in 2003. So yeah, mostly in, uh, in professional sports. That's awesome, man. Gosh, what a, what a ride. That's beautiful. It's funny though. It still turns into work. You know, it's, a, <laughs> there's, there's days where it's like, it's a Wednesday and I'm like, God, I really don't feel like going to the ballpark tonight. And then I have to, you know, look myself in the mirror and remind myself that hey, you get paid to watch baseball and it's not that bad. Um, but sometimes driving into the city, driving home, it's just kind of, I'm just getting, I think I'm just getting old. I think frankly is, is the issue. Well, How I started I the show. Make, make, make no mistake about it, though. Like you, you said, pushing pilots, but let's put this in perspective, man. No one. I mean, other than the person that you're paying attention to, nobody has to pay more attention to every single second of the game than you. That's true. You can't phase out. You can't like look at your phone. You can't like, you know, like Like, take a selfie. I mean, these are things that I would do. You can, (laughs) but but 45,000 people notice. Uh, I think the, the best I've, I've had a couple, I'll just do a couple of quick stories. Uh, there was one game and I don't remember who we were playing, but it was, it was 2010 and Benji Molino's behind the plate. I remember that for a specific reason, but uh, I had the count wrong. The count was three and two and I had uh, three and one. And so the umpire stopped the game. This is the only time this has ever happened to me. And I've worked well, well over a thousand games. Um, I would think, yeah, it's been 17 seasons. Um, <clears throat> he waves off, pauses the whole game. He turns on, he points up at the booth and he says, it's three and two. And so I go, okay, now I'm an asshole. So I fix it. Oh, pardon me. Can I say that on the show? I don't remember. Yeah, absolutely, man. I didn't read the bylaws. Yeah, I know. <laughs> drop, drop, drop the F-bomb. I usually do. So. Okay, copy that. Okay. Um, and, and so I had to fix it. And then uh, later I had, I had whatever the count was. I don't remember what it was, but the umpire did the same thing to wave me off and tell me I was wrong. 
But Benji Molina tapped him on the shoulder. He's like, no, he's right. It's, it is two and two or whatever the count was. So that's the only time that's ever happened to me in my entire career there, but it happened twice in the same game. And I didn't get an wow. apology wave or anything from the umpire. He was, and I don't remember who the umpire was. Was it Jerry West? <laughs> uh, no, it was Angel no, Hernandez. Was. Let's just be honest. It was Angel yeah, maybe, maybe, of course yeah. it was Angel Hernandez. <laughs> maybe it was, maybe it was. And the other time that was, was really embarrassing, it was a game against the Cardinals. And I don't remember what year this was. It was pretty early on. So it had to be like maybe 2009, 2008. And because I remember the, the touchscreen system that we had at the time was really, really sensitive. And there were these, for some reason, these up and down arrows next to each inning. So you could adjust the inning score. And they were tiny little like two centimeter by two centimeter squares. And a bug landed on one, like a little gnat landed on the up arrow in the seventh inning and just kept giving the Cardinals runs. And I didn't notice it. And the VP of marketing sitting two seats down from me, he says, why are we losing 64 to two or something? Oh my gosh. And, and I looked up and it was, yeah, it was 64 to four. We were actually winning four to two. So I looked at it. I was like, oh crap, you know, I got to fix this. I highlighted it, tried to put it as zero. Couldn't do it. I had to press the down arrow every like 63 times. And by the time I got there, then the crowd gives me this whole cheer about everything. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's right nice. now. I mean, clearly it was obviously some sort of mechanical glitch, but yeah, it's uh, it's, that's not a good look to, to give the opposing team. Uh, 63 runs in an inning that uh, that we hadn't even played yet. Oh, jeez. <laughs> those That's... are amazing stories. I can't believe I've never heard those. <laughs> you don't like baseball. Yeah. So I, I don't wow. tell you my baseball story. You were busy. You were busy making ribs, man. Or yeah. Wings, or... <laughs> Actually, I've told you four times. You just forgot. Uh, okay. That makes more sense. So, um, so I actually, in my haste to, to, to kind of move along here real quick, before we get into tonight's major point, I missed what I was actually drinking with my cigar. Mm. Uh, and uh, in, honor, in honor of you, gentlemen, the official, the official sports drink of Cigar Dojo, I'm drinking Topo Chico. <laughs> uh, but I am pairing it also with, <laughs> uh, there we go. I am pairing it, let's, let's get a little freeze frame up there. Get everyone get our, let's, uh, yeah, let's there you yes, go. there we go. Somebody snap that. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Unofficial sponsor. Unofficial sponsor, and uh, I'm drinking some tequila tonight as well. Um, so um, the uh, the maestro Dobel Dobel uh, Anejo tequila. So I've wanted to drink this. I've wanted to drink this tequila for a long time. I know it's been around for a while, obviously, but um, my my and we're gonna. I don't want to fast forward to on traditions, but we're gonna talk about my tradition with tequila here mm. later on in the show. So. Uh, but that's uh, that's what I'm pairing tonight with the uh, Placencia Colorado Claro, and uh, and uh, Randy doesn't care, but uh, me and Rob do. Apparently, uh, Scherzer, Max Scherzer, and the Mets are close to finalizing a deal, according to John wow. Morosi. So, our good friend Hector uh, Alfonso <laughs> Senior of Man. Espinosa is uh, all all a flutter. He's in the war room right now. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's texting you directly from. No, he's, he's over there throwing cigars into the deal. It's like whatever yeah. it takes to get Max yeah. to come and to. I, oh, I'm I stunned. I, I did. I did not think that he would go to New York. I really didn't. But uh, right. they've, it, they've been aggressive in this uh, yeah. signing period. If, if anybody's got the attitude to do it, it's him. Yeah, no, for sure. Absolutely. I've, that's why I, I've, I've, you know, the New York, the New York thing, uh, you know, Aaron mentioned in our chat earlier, the, the New York thing has this, this, unusual effect on some people and you would think that over the years that there's some players that you would think that would do really well and they don't or some players that do really well and you're like wow that was really shocking like you know eli manning 
uh, seem to handle the spotlight, you know, decently well. But it's uh, it's it's crazy that the New York effect is 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 very much a very much a real thing. So I, I I'm I'm with you, Rob. I think Scherzer can definitely handle it. So yeah, yeah. We'll he'll, see. he'll power through. If you don't think the New York effect is a real thing, uh, no. watch the thirty for thirty about Daryl Strawberry and Dwight Gooden. Oh, that'll that'll uh, that'll clear that right up for you. Hundred <clears throat> percent. So let's get into tonight's uh, major points. And as always, uh, tonight's major point is brought to you by Protocol Cigars. Power of the P. Tonight's major point is brought to you by the people. Cigar people. The people who know everything about a lifetime of service. Protocol Cigars is more than just pool parties and good times. Well, maybe it is. But behind the fun is a motivation for service. A motivation for giving back. From the original Protocol Blue to the latest release in the Lawman series, Bass Reeves Protocol has always been about honor, passion, and yes, the people. It's what their life's work has been and always will be about. Power of the P, Protocol, Cigars. So, gentlemen, um, tonight's major point is uh, about this odyssey, this journey, this epic, this saga that the two of you have uh, kind of found yourself into with this, uh, this, uh, this, this show that kind of partnered with like let's i mean let's call smoke night live what it really is i mean it is one of the beacons and pillars of cigar media and and you are the only parallel show to it and and it's it's fostered and been parented and fathered by you and the two of y'all and so this is a really exciting thing to talk about tonight and uh it's i've been a fan of show for a long time um randy like you i have kids and and uh and so i don't i don't get to watch a lot live but I, i catch a lot on the replay like you so uh i've been a but i've been a passionate listener for for a while now so it's been uh it's been a lot of fun so uh i mean let's kind of get started here i mean um you know rob what kind of i know like you said you from the mombacho days and everything i know that brought you into cigar dojo and then how did it kind of lead up to this uh this 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 spot you're in now with uh with the flavor odyssey yeah it's um when uh when i left mombacho to uh to join the beer industry um I, uh, I had done uh, cigar media since, you know, for many, many years before joining Mombacho. I think I started back in like 2010 and joined Mombacho in 2016. Uh, so I had done, you know, several different shows, uh, cigar chat started that on cigar federation. Um, and, I uh, did a pairing show with, uh, John McTavish who's now on uh, developing palettes, but, uh, we did a pairing show together back then called sharing our pairings, did a lot of fun with it. Um, and when I left Mombacho, uh, Erica Tormson, Master Sensei, uh, the the brain, and uh, some might say the looks behind uh, Cigar Dojo, uh, gave me a call and asked if, asked me if I was interested in getting back into cigar media, and I said, sure, what the hell? Um, so uh, we started doing some reviews and things, and uh, we had talked about doing a show uh, where I was living at the time. Um, uh, I spent one, my, my wife and I spent one year living in a townhouse a couple of years ago, and it was like I just couldn't live in in a in a the, the situation that we were in, it was like, I put up a bird feeder and within like 20, with like within 12 hours, I had a notice on my door that I had to take the bird feeder down and it had nothing to do with the bird feeder. Like I broke some HOA rule and that's fine. But I felt like there was just some old lady with a box of donuts and some binoculars just watching everything that I do. And I just wasn't into that. Uh, so once uh, we moved uh, into the house we're in now, uh, I, I had an option to, to start doing a show and um, Eric and I went back and forth on uh, on some ideas, and um, this was right around the time Randy and I met through. Uh, you're getting the whole story here. Randy and I met uh, while I was uh, working with Mombacho, and he I think he may have taken advantage of that uh, coupon code that I shared during your show because he bought a hat <laughs> and a T-shirt, 
And uh, I, I sent it to him and I put a little, you know, thank you note in there. And uh, as I was sending this out, I was like, wow, this guy lives right down the street from me. And we've never met. We were we lived about 20 minutes away. And after that, I think, uh, Randy, I think you hit me, stalked me on Facebook or something. And uh, I think you started sending me nudes and it got weird. But uh, once we nipped that in the bud, um, you know, we started hanging out and become uh, became fast friends. And uh, did we start the show before Randy, before you came with us at IPCPR no, or after was after no, it IPCPR. was it was after yeah yeah so, and it was still so, IPCPR at the time this was 20 yeah so we we made good friends and uh you, then you joined dojo and we started talking about like could something be there with me and I think if I remember correctly you told me like don't push it just like let it play out and and good things will happen let's see what happens at IPCPR <laughs> yeah and that was and actually I remember uh Eric called me up and he's like Hey, we need a, a fourth person at IPCPR so we can have two, two uh, camera crews, right? So I was thinking about asking this guy, Randy Griggs, because Randy's big in Cigar Dojo before. And he's like, what do you think about mm-hmm. this guy? I was, oh, man. You know, I, it's, <laughs> there's so much was hanging in the balance there. It's uh, like, you know, if, you, if I choose, if I go back and like a choose my own adventure book, like what would have happened if I said, no, nah, let's let's bring somebody else. Go ahead and bring yeah. a, a Kevin Acuff on and we'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> would, it, would we would Flavor Odyssey even be a thing? Who knows? But uh, ultimately, we uh, definitely was the right decision to bring Randy on board because um, he's uh, I give him I do give Randy a hard time. And as you've noticed, I've done I've spent most of the time <laughs> I've been talking, uh, giving Randy a hard time, but it's fun. Uh, he's a good sport. But um, the the idea of the show came up. Uh, Randy's got uh, he's all about flavor. And uh, he had a really strong background in beer. And I have a bit of a background in beer and, and you know, pretty extensive background in cigars. And we started the first uh, season was all cigars and beer. And we we did uh, Flavor Odyssey. We went uh, A to Z. So we went mm-hmm. through letters. And that was, God, that was a lot get, of fun. Yeah. To get into a question that yeah, I'll save that for a question that you had later. But the answer is all of season one was the hardest part. Um, but um, yeah, it was a lot of fun just getting to start with. Uh, with cigars and beer. And uh, if you go back, if you want to know about beer, if you're interested in, you know, the different styles and the way beer is made, go back, watch those shows and you can skip whenever I'm on the screen, you can fast forward through that and just listen to what, when Randy's talking about styles of beer, you'll literally learn everything you need to know about (laughs) damn near every style we we've covered. I mean, there's probably a few styles like we haven't covered alt beer. I don't think, um but uh i want to say we did actually we, we might have yeah like actually you know what i think we the one with the we yellow label did. yeah so there you go like i think we've covered i mean we didn't get too deep into sours but you know we've done some uh but uh that's that's kind of how it it came came about um i'll stop talking and let randy talk about it now before, before you let randy go a couple of just a couple of quick asides on that so well uh, i have a about a style of beer that I have a story behind is a Keller beer, which I'm sure you're familiar mm-hmm. with. Both of y'all are both familiar with this. So when I, you know, this was, you know, years ago and I was at a German restaurant and, you know, we're looking down the, you know, the menu of beers and they have all the traditional brands and styles, right. You know, and um, the one that caught my attention was a Keller beer. I hadn't heard of it, didn't know what it was. And so we asked the waiter, Hey, what's uh, so what's a Keller beer? Pretty, pretty innocuous question. Right. Um, well, he proceeded to, uh, talk for as long as Randy did when I asked him how many jobs he had. Um, but in stark opposition to Randy, cause Randy actually, had, you know, had great information and actually answered the question. Um, this guy's answer, uh, was it's Keller beer. 
So that was, that was it. Like nice. it's a Keller beer. So, you know, and um, you know, it's a beer, so it's a Keller beer and it, it, it's, you know, it's, it's a little light and it's Keller beer and, 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 it, you know, they ferment the, the barley and it, it's a Keller beer. And like, like it just kept going back. To, I'm like, well, wow. my, my yeah. friend and I, they were at the restaurant together. We were just like, like we just wanted the guy to leave at that point. We're like, okay, we'll just fucking try it at this point and just decide for ourselves what the hell a Keller beer is. Uh, so um, <laughs> it reminds me of the scene from Dumb and Dumber. I was thinking the exact the same thing. Is, it's the soup of the day. <laughs> mm, that sounds good. I'll have that. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's so funny. And if it had been that short of an exchange, it would have been fucking fine. But it just kept going. And I'm not kidding. Like, I'm not exaggerating. It went on for like three and a half minutes. And this guy just going back. It's to, a Keller it's beer. A, it's a Keller beer. So, uh, um, Randy. Yes. What is a Keller beer? A, and tell a, us a, Keller, about <laughs> a, a, a Keller beer is actually uh, for, uh, German for cellar beer. Uh, so it is a wheat based uh, ale uh, for... <laughs> Anyhow, um, yeah. So uh, again, being a beer judge, I'm a, I'm a bit of a beer style. Um, uh, I'm a traditionalist. I like to say, as so many uh, styles have kind of come out over the last few years, and so uh, I, I I do tend to get a little bit get off my lawn esque as uh, as I see so many um, kind of styles come out that are more about marketing than actually explaining a traditional style or or uh, creating a style that like makes sense with all the other styles like it imp- anyways um so yeah the, but the the journey has been fantastic obviously as as ravi said you know we we had become friends uh shortly before uh he left mombacho and um i remember the text like it was yesterday he's like hey guess what i'm rejoining cigar media and i said oh my god with him and he says who, who are your favorite guys I said, no, you're not joining Cigar Dojo. That that doesn't make any sense. Like, I didn't think they were growing. Uh, then Jack left uh, shortly after Robbie uh, joined. And so it uh, kind of left a spot on, on the team. And um, I had made you know, my, my entry to uh, Cigar Dojo. Um, I was a, a, a watcher. I was on their app. I was watching their YouTube videos. And, um, and I saw that they were going to Honduras and we're going to have a contest. And the contest was going to be to give a, a trip to Camp Camacho. You know, uh, uh, you pay airfare, everything else is covered, uh, you know, full trip to Honduras. And, um, I really wanted to win it, obviously. But uh, so, so I end up winning the trip and I message Eric, who I didn't know from Adam at the time. And I said, hey, I'm so thankful. I want to come out there and visit you guys and thank you in person. I'm that honored. And the timing just happened to be uh, really good because it was right before Rocky Mountain Scarfest. And he said, well, in like two weeks, we're having this industry VIP party at the studio. Why don't you come by then? And so uh, so I flew out just for the party. That's where Rob and I uh, actually met for the first time in real life. We had been online friends before that. Um, So we met in at the Cigar Dojo studios. And so we, we all we all hung out, we hit it off. Uh, you know, you know, we all had a rapport. Um, they saw I could handle my booze without getting crazy by the end of the night. And so, no, um, no, no, no one saw that. We all saw, <laughs> we, we saw the opposite, the opposite, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, then, then, uh, like, like Robbie said, you know, uh, IPCPR had a, had a void in the crew because when they brought Rob on, uh, they were still three deep. They were Eric Jordan and Jack. And so, Robbie was going to like 
kind of fill out the the quartet, if you will. And then just shortly after Rob joined, Jack decides to leave for another gig and uh, left me the opportunity to be Robbie Raz's cameraman, which was an honor. Honestly, I mean, uh, I don't know if this is, a, you know, a fact that, that that would stand through fact checking or not, Rob. I don't know if I've ever heard you say it, but we all give Rob credit for, um, you know, him and surgeons uh, sharing your pairing show was, if not uh, one of the very earliest cigar pairing shows, it was the first uh, pairing show potentially. And, uh, and so, you know, he was well known for that kind of thing. Obviously myself being passionate about uh, flavor and judging and, and, you know, the criteria of, of what it takes to, you know, uh, you know, how, how to put together a pairing is something I do as a profession. Um, obviously more with food and beer than with cigars, but, uh, but it, it seemed like a natural fit. And so I was pretty excited that, uh, that Rob gave me the green light and said that he'd work with me. <laughs> it was, it was after we did keg stands together at that party. That's, that's, a, that, that's what cemented it. Uh, in that my happened. Mind that, yeah, <laughs> that we should. And I, I remember Claudio doing a keg stand too. And I kept thinking, Oh my God, that's the president of our company. I hope, I hope he doesn't get hurt. That was my, that was my concern. I was that guy. <laughs> I was, I was den mother on that trip. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure it was you and I holding his ankles. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I, I needed to have hands on because I, yeah, I wanted to. Right, be, right. If it's somebody's fault, at least it could be mine. <clears throat> well, it's what's interesting about the, the first IPCPR show that you mentioned, Rob, where Randy and you guys work together. So I was at the uh, Cigar Dojo party. Randy comes up to me and, you know, I think we're a day, day, a day or two into the sh trade show at that point. It's, I think it's Randy's first show, obviously. And uh, and I'm I'm just fucking dead right i'm tired um and like most of us in cigar media we're used to and, and randy's just like still like going a million miles a minute he's like hey how many boosts did you hit barrett like we hit like this many and oh my god like i was like jesus man like, <laughs> like i can't um, exactly I, 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 I don't I was, know how many we did which is kind of funny because you know we talk about that that youthful energy that randy has but i mean the, the, the truth of the matter is is that like and you mentioned eric you know, Gatormson a minute ago, and we've got Garrett Robinson listening to the show. So, of course, partners with Matt Ty. I, I think between the collection of the lot of you guys, I think there's there. I'm, I'm thoroughly convinced that there's a fountain of youth that y'all have found that I've just not been privy to. And I maybe I, <laughs> one day I will earn I will earn my way into this club of being able to um, because y'all are like older than me um, and I feel like twice your age. So. And, and, and I feel like I look like it as well, too. So it's, it's, it's immaculate. Uh, what Not you guys at all. Rob, Rob looks at least 10 years older than either of us, Bear. I'll tell you it's, that. No, he doesn't. 100%. Like, no, because Rob will tell you. Rob will tell you that on, when uh, we were on a show together. And uh, I usually rock, rock a backwards hat, but I wanted to wear my, uh, my Harrisburg Senators minor league hat in honor of uh, our hat collections, Rob, but tonight. But uh, I was, I made a comment about how, you know, we're the only two guys in the world who can wear backwards baseball caps while pushing 40 and still be fucking awesome. And, <laughs> and Rob's like, buddy, I pushed 40 a long time ago. Yeah. I'm like, what? 40s in the rear view, bud. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, 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 yeah, I've got an undying commitment to the backwards cap, whether it's, whether it's, uh, it looks good or not. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to the grave. You're with killing it, it just, bro. Just, You're still killing just, it. Just, just how it is. My wife's okay with it. That's all that matters to me. Yeah. There you go. I'm going to say, wait, man, I, I'll, I always wear a hat and uh, as, as much as possible. And in fact, I think my, 
the the wedding uh, my my sister's wedding ceremony was the time I'd been without a hat in probably like I don't know three years, uh, but I promptly <laughs> put on a fedora when we left afterwards. Got to so, do it. Got to do it. Uh, but um, but you know this I mean it, it's fantastic that you guys were able to get together and and kind of and build this thing around you know what Randy has called a passion, but obviously passion for you too, Rob. I mean you've been doing this for a long time and you kind of you kind of spearheaded the the pairings shows that have kind of spontaneously come about whether they've been in mini series or 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 a whole dedication to a show and everything and um you know that's a that's a testament to you i mean sharing our pairings i mean is still going strong and that's something that you started so i mean that's pretty awesome um what was it about what so why was it those roots rob that you were like this is i want to bring that back but put a different spin on it with randy was it that or was it it just you know, the partnership with you and Randy that kind of said, this just feels natural. You know, it was a little, first of all, thank you for, for the kind words. I appreciate that. Uh, I, I don't know if uh, when John and I started sharing our pairings, I don't know if, if uh, that was the first pairing show or not. Um, I, I won't claim that it was cause I really don't know, but uh, it uh, we had a lot of fun doing it. And that was, that was what was important to me. Um, and, you know, with just talk, going back and forth with Eric and uh, first of all, I wanted to join uh, dojo, uh, just because it's a lot of fun. I, I, I just enjoy, um, you know, everything that they do back when it was, you know, app based and now with, uh, with the dojo verse, uh, you know, everything online. And I think you could still have that plugged in as an app somehow. I, I haven't tried that yet. I just log into the site, but, um, not nearly as much as Randy does. Randy, have you achieved your black belt yet? I'm not there yet. No, I'm three, I, three thousand points away. Oh, so like tomorrow you'll get it tomorrow, mm, tomorrow, or the uh, pretty time. soon. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. exciting. Um, yeah. I have for those of you if you're not familiar with the dojo verse, um, it's uh, it's it's community based and you can check into your cigars and you know you give them thumbs up thumbs down or whatever and you, inter- you interact with other people. There's different groups inside. There's a flavor odyssey group uh, inside of uh, dojo verse. We update everybody with all the pairings and everything we're going to do for the show. But for all your interactions, you accumulate points and you have your uh, you have your belt and it starts the same way. You start with a white belt and move all the way up. I uh, have petitioned for uh, a pink belt to be made uh, just for me many but, times, but it's, <laughs> it's really just never going to happen. Uh, much like Randy getting to the hall of fame, just not going to happen. Wow. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> Savage. It's, it's, it's low hanging fruit. I had to go with it. If, if Hey, wh- if you get into hall of fame, I want a pink belt. If I get a pink belt, you're in the hall of fame. That's all. It's fair. We should, we should this we shouldn't be we shouldn't be fighting against each other we should we should team up collaborating i like yeah. it I, you I know like it's, that. it's important um but uh, yeah so you you accumulate points for your interactions and and posts and things so as you as you do that you uh, get new belts you get badges for different cigars you check in it's a lot like untapped if you're familiar with that in the beer world mm-hmm. yeah. um uh the original question was about the show and uh i tend to go off on tangents that's a thing um so when i was talking with eric we wanted to do another show, but we didn't want to do one just for the sake of doing one. Um, you know, smoke night live is kind of the interview show. And that's what I had done with uh, cigar chat back in the day uh, on cigar federation, which is also still going strong. Um, Logan Lawler and I started that show. Um, and so I didn't want to just do another interview show. There's plenty of them out there and there's plenty of people doing it really well, yourself included bear. So we didn't need to dip our toe back into that. And so for me, the next logical thing was to, to go back into pairings because I really enjoyed doing that. Um, but uh, from there, we had to figure out, okay, what's the format of the show? Because I don't want it to just be kind of the same old stuff. Uh, and, you know, am I going to do it by myself? 
absolutely not. I just, just wasn't going to do that. I, to me, it's, it, it would have been with pairing something is, I mean, flavor is so subjective, right? And pairing is kind of a thing where we can have, you know, Randy and I can do the exact same pairing and I could love it and he could hate it. And I think that's, that's what makes it really interesting. I think that's where we actually start to learn stuff. So I need hey, to have, do that too on the, oh, like on the flavor odyssey page, there's the thumbs yeah, up, absolutely. thumbs down on whether or not the pairings went well and stuff. Yeah. 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 And you can track all that on the, if you go through, uh, to the cigar dojo website i'll go to that in a second but um yeah once we did uh we did uh ipcpr 2019 i think it was and um i think that was when we really started to kind of flesh out the idea and i don't remember exactly what month we started in randy i don't know if you do uh, i know august we just 26 had, 2019 august 26 2019 so yeah right after we must have really had the idea come to come to birth come to birth that was a stupid thing to say come to mind and come to fruition <laughs> uh really at uh we fertilized that idea. And what am I talking about? Um, <laughs> at, at IPCPR, it's weird because Vegas, who knows what happens there? But um, it's, uh, yeah, so it was, uh, it, that was IPCPR. So yeah, you're, you've got the Flavor Odyssey podcast page up. If you uh, hover over events there on Where? the top, on the top there, where it's, you already have it highlighted, just go up to the right. Oh, bingo. And then go down to Flavor Odyssey. Don't click it. And then click uh, schedule on the lower right there. Yeah. Like scroll over the schedule. That will bring you to the page that shows. Um, okay, here you thumbs go. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah. So this is, uh, if you want to scroll down, this is kind of some stats for the seasons. Um, and if you can scroll all the way down to the bottom and it'll start with, that'll be season one. And then I'll list all the pairings that we did. Thumbs up, thumbs down. What Randy thought, what I thought. Um, and uh, all of these live on our uh, YouTube channel. So you can go back and watch all of these. Um, so that was the first season we did Flavor Odyssey A to Z. And uh, that's right. We started the first beer we did was a 21st Amendment beer. It's like you knew it was coming, Randy. Yeah. You already you were already working there at the time. No, no. It was like two or three months before I started working there. That's funny. Um, but yeah, if you just go through, you can see all the different things. We stuck with the alphabet there and that was all beers. Um, now, can and- I just say real quick? That was, as Robbie said earlier in the show, Bear, this was so much harder than it sounded when we when we came up with this idea of, mm-hmm. of pairing things we left it as open as it could be the brand. It could be the name of the cigar. It could be the name of the beer. It could be the name of the brewery. We had to, otherwise we would have been screwed, but everything had to line up with the alphabet. And there were some, there were some very, very challenging uh, letters where we like had no option. Uh, And we went into, (laughs) can you believe Choca Vesa? Actually, we assumed X would be really tough. That actually ended up being, let me see. Oh, no, we both put it down. Oh, yeah, because that beer totally overran the cigar. Yeah, beer was um, too much. Yeah, yeah, way, way too much. But, but yeah, some of these were really tough. Uh, but we, we, you know, we really try and, and put together a pairing that we think will, if not be amazing, will cause uh, conversation, will cause intrigue. Um, and so we were obviously extremely limited by what we could do based on the, on the alphabet ended up being a much tougher task than we thought it would be when we set out to, to start this, this project. I did, I did pee along with you. This has taken me back down memory limb. I did pee along with you. I watched it live and did Sierra Nevada Porter and the Pappies. Uh, and I was lock, stock and barrel with you that that was not good. You know, it's funny about that. That was our very first sponsored show. Uh, so we did, and, and, and don't get me wrong to do 50, 
to have a sponsor by show 16 was a coup uh obviously we were writing cigar dojo's coattails and and eric's uh, relationship and robbie's relationships coattails on that one to be able to have a sponsor as, as soon as we did um but they they saw you know when we when we signed the sponsorship they saw it was going to start the year with p and they were just so happened to be putting some effort and some emphasis behind um the pappy van winkle tr- um uh, version um or the so the the original one was tradition this was the reserve this was the one that was actually aged in the barrels uh the the pappy van winkle tradition was just something that they thought would pair well with the the spirit um the one that they ended up coming out with that we paired with was uh used uh kentucky fire cured um uh wrapper a partial wrapper and uh yeah that was way too smoky for the uh <laughs> for the pairing but uh but a lot of fun obviously you, you so you i like my coffee shot. smoked nice nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was too much for me i'm actually surprised rob rob uh, voted thumbs down with me on that one i would have thought uh you'd have gone yeah rob likes Isla scotch he likes smoky things. I detest them myself. So uh, kind of that would have been a much better pairing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you hate smoky things. So your career in barbecue judging, I see is over. So that's cool. Uh, okay. I love smoky meats. I don't love smoky cigars or mostly, mostly whiskey. I just don't like smoky whiskey. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, no, it's, you know, I, I think that's this, this, this journey has been really great um, because each season has kind of been this, this journey, this new odyssey, you know, to, to, mm-hmm. to use the word. And I think that's kind of what you guys are going for. Um, but uh, Ren, when you joined the, sh- when you, when this kind of, when you went in this and you knew Rob's background with the pairing show and everything and bringing your own kind of, you know, literally certified expertise to the table, what, I mean, what did you set out? What did you, how did you want to make it different? How did you want to make a statement not that you were all about making a statement individually, but like, what did you want the show to become and how did you set out to do it? No, oh, it's, it's actually a pretty apt question. Uh, first of all, I was highly uh, intimidated by the whole situation. I've never been the type of person that was comfortable in front of a camera or on a microphone at all. Um, so I had to work through like those phobias, <laughs> you know, separately, but, uh, but I had gone back and watched some of the sharing our, our pairings, I uh, saw what uh, Rob and John did, which was very high quality content. I, I was also intimidated that, you know, we could match that. Um, but that being said, I, I became a beer judge at 21 years old. Uh, I became a, a professional beer educator by the time I was 27 years old, where I was hosting uh, classes for beer judges. And um, and I, I'm a certified Cicerone, which is basically the beer equivalent of a sommelier. And, uh, and so and, and with the, the Brewers Association, I did, uh, I've done many, many classes and courses on beer education and how to taste and how to uh, perceive flavor and pair that with uh, another element's flavor. So uh, to me, I thought, you, you know, it was all a little bit more anecdotal. Um, what I saw that was out there where I thought I could bring um, a little bit more of, of the kind of science behind how we taste a, as people and what, what our flavor memories are, why flavor is so subjective, why, you know, uh, a tangerine uh, to me might bring on this whole other 
uh, flavor, you know, memory than it does for you, Bear. And, uh, and, you know, and I always talk about how like your life experiences and where you experience these things and how you perceive them. Uh, not to mention our, our DNA is different. You know, we, we, we have, you know, people have blind spots in their tasting. Some people taste cilantro and they think they taste soapy. Soapy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, just kind of bringing that element of the conversation, um, to, to the show was something I was really excited to be able to bring because I, I did have uh, many, many years, uh, you know, studying uh, how we as people uh, perceive flavor. And, uh, and you know, that that's what I try and bring on a week to week basis. I also like to study. I, I, I love to read. And so like looking up the background of things and trying to find some different angle or anecdotal story that, that makes it more interesting is uh, something that I thought, uh, I thought that I could bring to the show and what I try and do every week. Nice. The, uh, the thing that was interesting to me is, and you're not the first person to say, and it's, I mean, it's look it up and that's the definition of it, that a Cicerone is the equivalent to a sommelier. Now I'm asking you, Randy, cause you're the Cicerone. Like, do you, I mean, how much truth do you think there is that? I know you say that you're about to answer this without the, the knowledge of being a sommelier. Um, but I'm, I want, cause there's so many different, I mean, I, there's so many different tests and so many different ranges and so many different grades when it comes to sommelier. Um, there's actually a few in the cigar industry, uh, Tony Bellotto, La Barba, uh, James Brown, black label trading company. Really? James uh, his wife, is sommelier. Yeah. And so is his wife, Angela. Yeah. No both shit. Are. I didn't know that. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm just, is there that type of level with being a Cicerone? Or I mean, I'm just looking for a little more because you're the first person I've, I've heard of people, being on staff at restaurants being, but I didn't, I didn't really know the intensity behind it. I know you put a lot of hard work into it. I'm not trying to be, yeah. I hope you understand. No, 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 not at all. Uh, so, so I'll tell you, um, it's intense. Uh, when uh, Cicerone came out, it was just the first level. So there's three levels of, uh, sommelier and three levels of, uh, Cicerone. And so, um, each level, as you can imagine, gets progressively, um, more difficult. Um, so for a master sommelier, let me just say, nothing in my mind compares to that. That takes more practice, memorization, and flavor memory uh, than anything else on earth because they study vintages, which is not a thing in beer that we, that we focus on. We focus more on pairing and stylistic uh, tradition uh, and, and brewing techniques. So, so to become a, a Cicerone, you have to not only know what the flavor is, you need to know what technique and what ingredient led to that flavor becoming uh, part of the, you know, final flavor profile. And then you have to be able to, um, have some uh, culinary chops and be able to talk uh, through, uh, different, uh, cooking techniques and cooking ingredients, um, that would, develop the best pairings possible uh where in wine and sommeliers a master sommelier and, and not to take anything away from anyone that's at the first or second level but a master sommelier should be able to smell a 1961 bordeaux red and know that it's from 1961 from bordeaux like that is a whole nother level of like study and memorization of flavor which is tough you know and, and it's so vocabulary is one of the toughest things i feel like a lot of people have really good palates and haven't done the the work necessary to put the vocabulary to their own uh, their own perception their own senses right like so so often when i'm working with someone that 
is passionate about flavor, but hasn't necessarily done the, the, the study work. I'll say a flavor and they'll say, that's it. I, I, you know, you just said it when you said it, you know, everything just fell into place for me. And, and so that's, a, that's a big part of it. It's really just learning the vocabulary that comes along with um, what, what you're already, already naturally tasting. You know, people know what they, they like, they know what they taste. They know what flavors uh, taste like. They just don't necessarily have, have the, 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 the vocabulary to reference acidity when they're tasting something that reminds them of a tangerine, for instance, going back to that uh, of just like, you know, you know, to, to say it's, it's like a tangerine may not, really connect the dots for someone that isn't super familiar with tangerines, but maybe saying acidic or maybe saying juicy or, 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 or saying like an orange, but tartar, you, you know, it's, it's literally little things like that, that can connect the dots. And uh, again, why I was excited about joining the show and why I've done education as part of my career is it's so exciting to watch someone just light up and have that aha moment when, when they figure out what the right vocabulary is to describe their own senses and their own, uh, you know, perceptions of a pairing or, or a single flavor element. When I was more involved on untapped, uh, I found myself either creating flavors or picking very much for specific stuff. I, you'd see the more popular descriptions of like juicy and fruity. And I'd be like, Oh, tangerine or, right. you know, or apricot or whatever. So yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about there. You know, Rob, you've, you know, you've spent some time in the beer industry as you, as you were just talking about a minute ago, have you thought about this as Ron Round at all, or is this something that, you know, you leave up to Randy or I know, you, you know, I mean, you're your own person. You don't have to do what anything Randy does. Just, <laughs> just curious. I, yeah, I figured there was, uh, there was enough uh, flavor odyssey hosts with the Cicerone uh, uh, badge and their subject or in their, uh, signature or email signature i figured we were good no i've i've actually uh, i've i have i'm looking it's right over here there's a <clears throat> i've got a bookshelf over here of books that i've purchased and kind of set here for later dates i've got all the reading material i need for a uh, cicerone study to uh to take the test i've got a little tab saved that's cicerone study with all these different links i just haven't taken the 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 I, I haven't taken the initiative to actually find to do it. I've started, and um, I feel like I probably could do it. Um, I know I could do it, but uh, I have not. Uh, I, I haven't really gotten past like step one, to be fair. Maybe step two. You know, some something I'll, I'll just say, say real quick to that. Like when you become your whole life becomes judging and and uh, dissecting and perceiving liquid. I find that just instinctively I'll, if i have a glass of water in my hand i'll swirl it and smell it and then look down and realize oh yeah that's right it's water i don't i don't need to like <laughs> go to that level i think so much uh, of um like i said so many people already have the palate to do it they just lack the vocabulary i think so much of it is just paying attention and i don't want to speak for for rob but uh i think over the last two years that we've done the show it's caused us both to spend so much more time concentrating on, okay, do these flavors go well together? Are they at the same intensity? Does this work? Does this like create a third uh, experience that is greater than the sum of its parts? Um, I'm quite confident that if uh, Robbie Raz were to uh, take the initiative and, and do the test, like, like seriously, Rob, like doing the show, we both pay a heck of a lot more attention to flavor than we would if we didn't do the show now. Yeah, that's fair. I, but I think you, you touched on a key point early when you said uh, it's most of it's just paying attention. 
I, I tend to not really do that. So that's, uh, that's where it's, yeah, I, I'm lost at, at step one there. Uh, no, I, I think someday, uh, someday I'll do it. Uh, I, honestly, the, like doing Cicerone or not Cicerone, doing sommelier study is a bit more interesting to me because it's a bit further out of my wheelhouse. Um, not to say that I wouldn't learn anything if I did Cicerone because that's stupid because I totally would. But um, I think doing something in, in studying more in the wine industry would be more uh, would be something that I could pour myself <laughs> pour myself into pun intended, I guess, <laughs> um, a, a little bit better because it is a bit more foreign to me. Um, but, uh, yeah, someday I'll, I'll, uh, I'll someday it's the worst thing to say. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I could see that in my future for sure. Oh, I think, I think, uh, like to Randy's point, I think that's something that you could definitely do. Um, I've thought about it as well. Um, but I mean, I haven't, I mean, if you feel bad about step one, Rob, I mean, I haven't taken step zero. So, I mean, you haven't even bought the books that you haven't read and, uh, it, you know, the, the new year is just around the corner, Rob. So it's, it's time yep. to make those resolutions that none of us, uh, none of us ever follow through, but it, here's your chance. Here's it's your funny. Chance. We, we have a topic coming up later where it will be the one new year's resolution that I actually stuck with. Fantastic. Teaser. Well, um, so to that, to the, uh, the point of challenging, you know, Randy was talking about how challenging this is and, and uh, we were talking about that, you know, and you guys have mentioned how hard the alphabet exercise in season one was, um, so this, this might be an interesting question. If you guys could point it down, like what, what do you think was the most challenging episode and, and why? And, you know, you guys might have a similar, a similar choice. Maybe it's completely different, but uh, it could be for, this is up to interpretation. You know? It could be the pairing. It could be finding the, the, the pairing itself. It could be the guest. I know you guys have brought guests in, uh, in a couple of seasons with some shows. What, what uh, was the most challenging episode in, in your individual mind? Or Rob, I'll kick it off with you um well as scrolling through the list here and it, it does go back to season one and uh randy i don't know if you'll remember this but finding a pairing for v was really tough mm. finding a, a beer that had a v in it yeah. uh was was tough um we we ended up going with vanilla shake from mckellar brewing and uh vintage 12-year maduro from uh perdomo cigars which but, is practically a cop out. <laughs> yeah, really. Like, like it's vanilla. Yeah, okay. It's kind of in the name and vintage. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, sometimes I'll, I'm looking back at these and I'm thinking like, oh well, for oh, why did we do, uh, why did we do Oscar Valadares instead of Opus X? I'm like, oh well, we saved Opus X for X. X. So we, you kinda, we knew we knew yeah. when it all started that X was going to be Opus X no matter what. Yeah, because because what I don't think anybody else is allowed to use the letter X uh, in, in in a in a cigar name. Um, although I'm, I'm seeing here that Royal Agio uh, Balmoral XO, we could have done that, mm. um, which uh, they made pretty good cigars. It's disappointing. They're not really uh, around in the States anymore. But um, I think that the, the overall planning for season one was the hardest part. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's a cop out or not, uh, but just going down the list and saying, OK, um, for for L, for example, just because I'm looking at it. We went with Las Calaveras, which I mean, maybe there's some other cigars under L that we could do, but Lagunitas made a ton of sense because Lagunitas is a big brand. And we tried to, to keep things where we didn't get too, um, too uh, localized with the beer selections because we could easily find a beer that's because beer names, there's, you can get an IPA with a, a brand new name that comes out every, every you know, couple of weeks. Um, but uh for uh, for us to keep it as accessible as possible to everyone, 
um, that's, you know, watching, you know, across the, across the country uh, to find particular beers that are going to work as long as, you know, make sure that they're going to be able to get their hands on it. Um, that was uh, the planning was, was really the hardest part, but V uh, stands out to me uh, really as one uh, that was tough. Uh, you, you would think would have been difficult. Um, Pilsner, Pilsner or Cal, man. Pilsner uh-huh. or Cal. Uh, and we've, we've gone back to that a couple of times uh, for a Pilsner. And Pilsner is a, it's a lager. It's a lighter, uh, lighter bodied beer. Pilsner or Kel is a, a, like maybe like the, like the original uh, Pilsner right. that you could find around here. I don't know if it really is the original one, but. No, uh, I think I, you're, I think you're onto something, Rob. I think it yeah. is. I, I know that. It's yeah. Old. I know that everybody can find it's been when you start getting into German beers and uh, they've been around since 1635 or whatever. So we, we tried to, to do the best we could to make sure that uh, we didn't get too localized with the beer. Um, so we did, you know, a lot of there's Sierra Nevada's, which is pretty local for us, but uh, uh, West Mall Double. Um, that's, you know, somebody you can something you can get from everywhere. I think Zombie Dust uh, from Three Floyds because Z was pretty tough. Uh, that was probably the most localized beer, although it's pretty famous. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we were able to, uh, I know we had some dojo guys that hooked us up with some bottles of that because we can't really find that out here. But, um, and the other hard part was to uh, talk Randy out of doing Cigar City Maduro every week. That's fair. That's yeah. totally fair. I'll tell you, if you, if, if you just want a no brainer cigar pairing with a beer, Cigar City Maduro is, and, and I have no dog in that fight. There, there's no bias or affiliation there. It just goes really well with cigars. Um, brown ale. We've, <laughs> we've, that's that's one thing that I've learned from this show is brown ales, uh, American brown ales. I guess right. That's not an uh, an English brown American ale, American, 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 American browns yeah. are. See, you get real specific with this stuff, and Randy will get mad at you if you don't. Um, but uh, that, southern brown ales are just uh, southern English are just so much different. You have to really like differentiate. It really is true. It's I mean it sounds silly, but it really is true. But Cigar City Maduro now there is a cigar. Who, who put that out? Was it? Uh, I can't Punch. remember. Who, Punch made that cigar. Punch. Yeah. So that just Punch came out. So a, yeah, yeah. So we'll have to do a show with that at, at some point, Randy. But um, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Brown ales pair really well. Yeah, that's got to be that's got to be the hardest thing that we've done because we wanted to when we were there in season one, um, not only did we have the limitation of the alphabet, but uh, I had this like I kept demanding that we do cover all this style. Well, I I guess Rob maybe demanded it more than I did because I would have just done brown ales every week. But uh, (laughs) but 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 doing a sour and doing an IPA. Um, you know, a IPA is a very, very bitter style mm-hmm. of beer, sour being very acidic. Um, it is difficult to find a natural pairing where uh, you're not turning people off. And, and not, not to say that we always wanted to have the pairing work. Um, we always talk on the show that a bad pairing is often a better learning experience. You, you, you There's a little bit more to talk about there, uh, you know, when you have those incongruencies on the palate you know contrasting flavors that just don't work um you, you often learn more about how you perceive and and like it, it becomes more obvious like if you're just uh, you know pairing a stout with a maduro rich chocolatey cigar you're just like oh yeah i get chocolate and i get richness and it's there's not that much to say right it's just such a like symbiotic <laughs> like natural like <laughs> like connection 
you don't have that much to say about it. You don't learn that much from it. And so we actually found that uh, a lot of the bad pairings were, were, um, were more, uh, were more challenging to, to really tap our vocabulary and to really like drive the conversation. But, um, but, but, some of the more engaging and interesting pairings that we did. So, uh, so, I, so I would say, even though they were hard to do, they were some of my favorites as well. Well, just a couple quick highlights from, from the fan perspective over here, uh, episode um, 10 in that season where you guys were picking different beverages and Robbie actually missed this one. It was the sour uh, was totally worth the watch just as, because Eric was just not having it oh, that yeah. uh, he, he's <laughs> the whole sour concept and, and props to him for being a good sport through it. Cause uh, he went, he went through the sour test and everything, but I was really interested about the second episode you guys did when you guys were in Connecticut's um, the Chardonnay doing so well. Ah, I, um, season two. Yeah. So the, uh, the Oki, the Okiness, uh, that butteriness of Chardonnay, that's very quintessential. I just um, can, to me, it can be very, a little too rich a little bit um and i don't know it i don't know it just it, i can't imagine it going well with the cigar and i need to actually try the pairing um because you both loved it you both loved the numero uno numero and, uno and, and the chardonnay, chardonnay so um it, it blew us all away bear we went into that knowing hey we're gonna check a box and we're gonna do a wine pairing it's not gonna be good uh, but, you know, we're, we're, we're going to do our best to try and educate people on, on why it's not good. And we got to that episode. And everyone's going, holy shit, does this work this well? Like it was none of us expected that. That's that's probably the most fun part about the show is, uh, you know, on paper, Robbie and I like go into a show with an assumption of what's going to work, why it's going to work, what's not going to work, why it's not going to work. And it's so much fun when we're caught off guard and have this like aha moment for ourselves of, I'd never thought that the butteriness of that would go with the creaminess of the cigar and that these would not overpower each other and play off of each other so well. Yeah. So this, what we're talking about here was in season two uh, where we broke away from the uh, alphabet and we went with um, we went, we focused on specific wrappers for each segment. Mm -hmm. So we the focus on the Connecticut Corojo, uh, Sumatra, Habano, and uh, Broadleaf, and San Andreas. Uh, so that was yeah, right off the bat, that was the second, uh, the second one. And and to to say that we the beverage was Chardonnay, that's not very specific. Uh, nope. As I mean, you can have you can have an oak aged Chardonnay, you can have a steel aged uh, Chardonnay, where they're going to be very True. very different. Uh, you di you don't get that oakiness from a, a uh, Chardonnay. Yeah, those, aged those steel. wood strips that they throw in the steel barrels just don't have the same effect. Yeah, yeah it doesn't cut it. Not quite. Um, <laughs> it's, I mean, it cuts it obviously, but it's, it's a different, it's a different experience. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 I feel like I went with duck horn Chardonnay in that mm. uh, episode, uh, which is uh, more on the oaky side has that kind of buttery uh, flavor and texture to it. And I have, I feel like I, that was the one I revisited that. I think the last, the last episode uh, where we did our favorite pairings. So the last episode from season two or one of the last episodes, episode 30, from season two, we uh, revisited our favorites. And that was the one that I went with. And uh, that's another thing I've learned here is wine pairs really, really well with cigars. We did, uh, we had uh, Pete uh, join us when we moved into Sumatra. We did the Tatuaje uh, TAA 2020, which is just a phenomenal, phenomenal cigar. I love that stick. 
and uh, we paired it with uh, Zinfandel because uh, we knew Pete is a big wine guy. Makes he has his own uh, label and he does uh, you know some different things with wine. So. I uh, thought having him on would be a lot of fun. That was a fun episode too. If you're looking for one, just to check out to get an idea of what we do. Um, but that was and that. Eric was loves his zins too. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, Eric yeah. is a big zin oh, guy. Yeah. He, 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 was, he was all aboard for that one. He, yeah, he <laughs> he needs to take his sommelier training. You know, at least he maybe he gets some. I, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe he doesn't pay attention either. <laughs> so the uh, the one I thought that was missing from season two, um, and I actually. I, and feel free to correct me because I, I, I guilty. I I've listened to, I feel like most of them, but I may have missed this one. Um, I, one of my favorite pairings of all time, like overall in terms of generalities with cigars is cognac. I love oh. cognac and cigars and, uh, we've I mean, never I, done cognac. Uh, is that true? I promise we've never done cognac. I, I only know that because I've never had cognac. <laughs> really oh yeah not really randy you'll love it man you'll love it it i mean it's 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 like it you're right the fruitiness of i mean those champagne grapes like like in a bourbon you know is like the like the weirdest combination because it's got that really nice like really aged oak french oak barrels and like we're talking genuine cognac right because if it's not cognac it's brandy right because that's that's what it is so um but the champagne grapes and those french oak barrels and the what that marriage together uh makes such an exquisite exquisite spirit um i love it i love i love cognac um love it straight look forward to get mixed into the show in in a episode soon to come i love that so, yeah, yeah, I've never made. I've never heard anyone uh, make that argument for cognac and cigars. Oh, actually, I love it. I I'm, I'm kind of stunned that we haven't done it. I, I don't drink a lot of cognac. Um, I, I think I have. I probably have a bottle of Hennessy somewhere in the uh, in the uh, in the bar. But um, I have had some of the some of the higher end stuff. My wife, uh, she puts. Uh, she used to put on some events for this family that she works with, and they had uh, Louis Trey, some some Louis Trey, and she Oof. brought home. Damn. She brought home like a little glass full and she wrapped it up with saran wrap real tight just so we could just so we could try it at home. And it's like it's beyond delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, I mean, that's probably like a thousand dollars worth right there. Yeah, it, that's those bottles are not cheap. So that's we're not going to be uh, we're not going to be drinking that. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny if you go back and you watch the movie Cocktail. And I, I love some of these old references. You, you watch the movie Cocktail from like 1987 or 88. I was going to say Tom Cruise. Or, yeah, where yeah. Tom, Tom Cruise is a bartender jet setting between uh, Jamaica and New York. Uh, they have a bet. He has a bet with. Um, oh, what's the other guy's name? Oh, uh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, it'll, it'll come to me. Yeah. Anyway, so they have he has have, his own set of laws. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Coglin. Co- Coglin's Coglin. law. Doug, Coglin, Douglas yeah. Coglin. Yeah. Uh, he's so he's opening up a bar and and they make a bet that he's like, oh, you'll be working for me by by Valentine's Day or whatever. And uh, or St. Patrick's Day or something. And they bet a bottle of Louis Trey and, and Tom Cruise goes, hmm, five hundred dollar a bottle of brandy, five hundred dollar bottle of brandy. I'll take that bet. And it's like that's like fifteen hundred two thousand dollar bottle yeah, of brandy now that's the, the yeah inflation no joke Tough. man it's crazy so um i mean some definitely some great episodes along the uh, along the last few years man i can't wait i can't wait to see what you guys do with this uh going into other seasons because i mean this is just uh, to me i mean i know you guys are just scratching the surface like we talk about with your backgrounds 
your expertise is, I mean, this is, this is, this is just the, just is just the beginning. I mean, you guys are even going so far as in the last recent episodes with mocktails. I mean, you guys are, you guys are really, you know, varying it up and everything and uh, um, really, really have been enjoying this, this journey. It's been, it's been fantastic. What's been the most fun. There's, there was one like you guys just like, you know, like it was just genuine. I mean, I know the whole thing has been fun, but what's like, what was just like, it was genuinely a thrill. Like you got done with that and you're like, man, that was, oh God, that was a th- thrill of a lifetime might be exaggeratory, but let's throw Terrence Riley in the mix and be like, it was the greatest time <laughs> of our lives. I mean, what, 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 what one or two episodes uh, did that for y'all? Randy, um, you go first. Yeah. Well, for me, honestly, I mean, I can definitely think of several times where I'm texting the group afterwards. I mean, like, man, guys, that that was great. <laughs> that was great content. That was an amazing show. Um, it, it's hard to pick one specific one. Like I, I kind of already said it, you know, the, the ones that I think are the most fun are the ones that are surprises for us. You know, the ones that, that go to script um, and expected them to be our us doing our jobs and us trying to you know enlighten people and bring content to to the world and and create an aha moment for someone else when when i have the aha moments for me at least i don't i don't want to speak for you rob but like when we go into it and we're sure that we know what's going to happen and something just completely surprises us just like that chardonnay and and uh numero uno um those are the most fun because like like I, i i catch myself reeling like how did that happen? How did we not know that would happen? How did we not expect that to happen? Um, those are the ones that I, I, I enjoy the, the most in general. Yeah, for me, I, I could pick out a few specific ones. Like, honestly, episode one from season one, where the anchor porter and uh, Fuente uh, and Yeho. Oh, because um, the anchor oh. porter, like I, I just I great always pairing. think about that. Such a uh, It's yeah, it was it was like we started out really sh- really strong and i remember at the end of that we're like this was when randy and i were pre-recording we were doing them in the same uh when uh, randy and i lived closer together we were doing them in the same studio this is pre-covid obviously uh but doing that show was like oh man this is going to be easy um because the first one was so good but uh there's a few others um in season two we did um uh, episode eight uh, i'm scrolling through i don't know these off of memory um <clears throat> season two uh episode eight we did uh Old Cuban cocktail, which is one of my favorite cocktails. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a, a rum based. It's 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 akin to a, a, a mojito, but it's it's rum and uh, champagne. Oh, so mojitos and, not made with tequila. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> so you watch the most recent episode. Um, we'll, we'll explain that. I know yeah. neither of us thought that it was. Yeah, because uh, we we would because yes, uh, you have we would, a, you have a brain that's attached to your yeah, final. Yeah, we'd, yeah, we'd lose our show. <laughs> um, but yeah, that one that one was a lot of fun. Uh, because that was a cocktail that I loved and, I, and none of these guys had had it before. Uh, so it was just fun to when you enjoy something and you can share it to people with you like and they enjoy it. It's, it just feels pretty good. And there was another one in season three um, when we were in our chocolate segment and we did, we found this cocktail called uh, Batida de Coco, which mm. is a it's a Brazilian uh, like lots of coconut, uh, coconut milk, coconut cream. And, um, and there, I think there was some chocolate in there. I don't even really remember the, the recipe, but it was so freaking delicious. I'd never had it before, but it was so good. And we uh, paired that with uh, Laranja Oscuro, which was just, it was just a beautiful pairing. It worked out so well. When you find some of those random ones, and a lot of this, depending on the, 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 
what the idea behind the segment is, you're looking for different things and you end up mm-hmm. coming across stuff that you don't know much about. Like I'd never heard no. of Patilla de Coco, but it's like a, like a national drink in Brazil, apparently. I mean, no. at least that's what the website said. I've never been to Brazil, so I don't know. But And it, and it used that, uh, a lot of people refer to it as Brazilian rum. I had never had that. The um, I'm forgetting the name. Let me see it. if I can find the recipe since I brought it up. But uh, yeah, that one was a lot of fun, but it's finding the stuff that's just uh, just kind of out there that you don't really expect. Okay, it was it was so this made a a full picture. It was coconut, uh, a can of coconut milk, a can of sweetened condensed milk Mm -hmm. and uh, one cup of kachaka or any or white rum. And you could use vodka, too, if you want. I think I used white rum in mine uh, because I didn't have kachaka. Doesn't Uh, sound rich enough. And, yeah, oh, dude. And then, and one cup of coconut water, and then uh, toasted coconut for you know to put as a garnish on the top. Yeah. It was delicious, and it just paired so well. It was such a fun, um, such a fun summertime drink. But yeah, finding and that Rob stuff started the whole the whole conversation as we were having our pre show planning it. Rob started with, "I hate the idea of dairy based cocktails." Just as a, oh yeah, as a premise. <laughs> Absolutely. And one thing we could say the same thing. We did a hot toddy episode and I hate hot cocktails. I just don't. There's something about when it's hot and that that smell of warm alcohol to me. Yeah, just ugh. I'm with you, man. One hundred percent. Like it's just not it's not my go to. Yeah, I my wife loves them. She'll do Tom and Jerry's. I don't even know what that is. Uh, And uh, uh, hot toddy's hot toddy is kind of a catch all phrase. Apparently there's a million different recipes out there, but the one that we used mm. was damn good. And the, the pairing was great. So it's, it's really the ones that just kind of catch us off guard. And I think that's, yeah. that's what Randy said. I just was picking out some specific episodes that, uh, um, you know, that- I'll, I'll, th- I'll throw uh, just one more, uh, out there. Cause I really appreciate that. You said you mentioned the mocktails, uh, uh, because oh, we yeah. had, you know, this is our, our fourth season doing this. We do 32 episodes per season. And uh, and we've had a lot of requests. We have a lot of um, followers, a lot of audience members that are non-alcoholic, um, you know, in, in their life. They, they yeah. choose not to imbibe an alcohol. And so we've had a lot of requests to do non-alcoholics. And so here and there, we've mixed in sodas. We've mixed in coffee. There's only so many sodas and so many ways you can prepare coffee to really do something. And so uh, kind of stumbling upon, you know, me and Rob kind of talking through different options and stumbling upon the idea of what about mocktails and kicking it off with this Shirley Temple that ended up being this really, really good pairing. What uh, was a lot of fun for us to be able to bring something, what I felt was a little bit new and nuanced, a little bit different to the non-alcoholic conversation. Uh, as far as pairing goes, that, that's, that was a lot of fun. They weren't all phenomenal, um, but it started out really strong with that Shirley Temple. And, uh, and, and it was fun again, just to kind of help people that, uh, that aren't able to follow along with us every week when we're doing wine and beer and, 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 you know, straight whiskey, which we probably do too frequently. Um, the, uh, uh, that, that was a lot of fun to do. I'll, I'll throw one out another one out there for you guys and an homage to uh, to the, the the cigar dojo headquarters, which is located in Colorado and uh, to my own mother who actually asked me this the other day who doesn't couldn't give two looks of a thought or a care about cigars and thinks they're disgusting. But she asked me the other day, she's like, have you ever have you ever paired a cigar with the Colorado Bulldog? And I was I don't like, even well, know what no. that is. 
So, yeah, so my father uh, for a long time is, is infamous for his Colorado bull, bulldog recipe. But I mean, basically, it's, it's, it's kind of like a white Russian, Rob. It's, it's uh, okay. one part vodka, one part uh, Kahlua, uh, one part half and half, and then two parts uh, Coke. And huh. uh, yeah, he would make, uh, and then he's got a couple of special uh, ingredients to make his, vari- his variation of it. But that's the, that's the, the base of it. Um, and uh, I mean, he would make this. Is, we just had a holiday Thanksgiving. I remember there's always like three pictures of that shit in our fridge every, every holiday, man. And just, uh, and that smell just takes me back to the holidays with my family. It's not eggnog. It's not, you know, the smell of, you know, sage and Turkey. It's, 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 it's Colorado bulldog. Uh, Cause uh, my, my dad was just famous for it. And my, all my relatives, particularly my late aunt just loved it. Uh, I just thought she just, she thought it was just the greatest beverage in, on, on earth. So, and, and that, that taps into something that Randy was saying earlier when we talk about like flavor memory is so strong mm-hmm. and, you know, certain flavors will remind you of like, like you said, like that particular flavor, that's what you think of when you, when you, uh, when, when you smell that or, or, or taste that specific beverage, you think, oh, this was, you know, family with, and for me, it's, uh, it's, it's red wine, really. Like I, I think of, uh, cause I, I you think of with, your youth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I grew up in a, a, an Italian family. We had a, a lot of, uh, you know, the big uh, four or five tables uh, at my aunt's house and um, for, for Thanksgiving and for Easter. And, uh, you know, you always have a, it, even the kids, you get a little sip of red wine with dinner because everybody, you know, when you toast or whatever. And um, my uh, my uncle, who I, I both of all of my grandparents, except for my my mother's uh, mother, all my grandparents were gone by the time I was born. So. Uh, Uncle John was really he he filled that role of grandfather for me. So whenever he taught me how to open wine and how to pour it and like you swirl it around and I'm like 10. <laughs> but it's <laughs> but there, but it, I mean, I wasn't getting, you know, hammered or anything, but it was those are the those are the types of it's memories. Like Randy and swirling his water, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> those those are the memories that uh, like flavor memory is so, so strong. And it's it's it, it's a great thing. It really does. It can really transport you to a totally different time and place. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to segue perfectly into the second half of the show. And so let's go ahead and kick things off with our, what I call our two fun segments. And, and you know, we talk about memories because I think, uh, uh, you know, when we were kids, I think that our one must go segment is going to trigger some memories for us, maybe good, maybe bad. But uh, so we're going to go into our fun segments for the night, but check out Flavor Odyssey, uh, you know, um, on part of the Cigar Dojo family. Uh, guys, it's every, uh, give us the dates that it's usually on and, and uh, when's the, when's the next episode going live? Robbie We're Rice. every uh, every Wednesday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can catch it live on the Cigar Dojo Facebook page. Um, we you can find us anywhere you download your podcasts. Uh, you could also check out our, our YouTube channel if uh, if you want to catch older episodes. Uh, if you just go to it's just cigar, go to YouTube and search uh, Cigar Dojo. I don't know exactly what the URL is. I think it's just slash Cigar Dojo, but I, I don't want to point people there because I'm not exactly sure that's correct. Uh, I'll but put it in find, the notes. We're good. Yeah, you can you can. Yeah, there you go. Click in the notes. You can find it. Uh, find all the episodes there. All of our uh, you know trade show coverage is there as well, uh, as well as uh, Smoke Night Live. They all live in the same area. Fantastic. Oh, and the next episode will be this Wednesday. Uh, Randy, we're kicking off a new segment of season four. Mm-hmm. We're going with. Uh, we're calling it pre-made cocktails. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go, our first one is going to be, uh, Randy introduced us to this at uh, PCA this past year in Vegas when it was 118 degrees outside. Uh, we were in the pool and we were sipping the uh, uh, Cutwater Mai Tais 
Uh, so Cutwater is a canned uh, cocktail that uh, you can find pretty much anywhere. And they do some some really good stuff there. Uh, the uh, Bloody Mary is delicious, uh, especially when you consider it comes out of a can. It's not watered down. It's got a viscous. It's got some some spice to it. But I was really taken back by how good the Mai Tai is. You just crack it, pour it over some ice, and you're good to go. They're about 15%, I think, Randy. I might be a little high on that. But um, that's, uh, yeah, 12 and a half. And you pick up a little four-pack here. And that's uh, that's going to be the first one. Um, I think we're doing a, a margarita, a pre-made margarita that you can get at Costco. Um, and I know we're doing a pre-made uh, old-fashioned. I don't remember exactly the brand. but uh, Barsmith. Barsmith is the brand. So, the, But the first one will be... Um, uh, the Cutwater Mai Tai. Yeah, and the way that we're doing these segments is we're all drinking the exact same thing and trying to find the right pairing for that particular drink. So uh, Randy and I try to go on different spectrums uh, of, uh, of, of the cigar that we're going with. So if I'm going with something uh, with a natural wrapper, Randy might go with something that's Maduro. Uh, whether we think it's going to be a good pairing or not, we're just trying to get an idea of how the flavors for that particular drink work with, uh, you know, different flavors you would find in a cigar. Awesome. Well, check it. Uh, check out those. Uh, so those episodes on the YouTube channel. This stuff will be in the notes as well, and you can always check out them every Wednesday. Uh, some great shows. The mocktails have been really kind of like a fun thing. I really like the pre-made cocktail idea. This is going to be. A real uh, interesting. Uh, Sean Miles is uh, in the chat. He's talking about uh, White Claw. Uh, nope, that's just you, Sean. You can you can stick with that. Uh, <laughs> well, Randy, why don't you tell everybody the difference between seltzers and RTDs? No. <laughs> uh, the, the the primary difference between you, you know it's funny because so, so we do talk about this a lot, uh, Baron. I, I, again, Rob worked in the uh, alcohol industry. And, oh, you're really getting into it. This is this is it's, okay. It's, this is it's an bit. actual thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. should I not? <laughs> No, keep, please. Uh, well, yes. Well, no, no, it's, go, it's, going. it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a, a thing for me. He likes poking my buttons um, it, is that, you know, when seltzers first came out, they were all um, uh, they were all about being part of the better for you uh, kind of trend in American diets. You know, you, if you Google better for you, you'll find everything from Frito-Lays to Taco Bell and everyone in between adding better for you selections to their lineups and so uh as people got into the keto diets and started watching their their sugar and their carbs and, and calorie counting uh seltzers took off and 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 it was nice in the beginning because seltzers were this like low abv you really couldn't crack five and a half percent without going over that magic 100 calorie threshold per 12 ounces uh where uh ready to drink cocktails we call them in the industry these pre-made cocktails uh, kind of narrowed in on the nine to 14 plus range in ABV. Typically the seltzers were malt based. Uh, so made with corn sugar as the fermentation uh, uh, medium and ready to drink cocktails. We're using true spirits, you know, grain neutral spirits or an actual uh, tequila or, or rum. And, uh, and now Everyone's off their keto diets. Seltzer's <laughs> going to shit. No one gives a damn anymore. So you now you see White Claw and truly coming out with their new eight and nine percent seltzers. They no longer make any dietary claims whatsoever on their cans because they realize that that trend has faded. But they're so invested in these brands that they have to kind of keep pushing them forward. Um, and so, so the line has blurred significantly between what is a seltzer and what is a uh, 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 ready to drink cocktail. And, and you know, one of the, uh, the top selling, the top selling RTD in America is, uh, is high noon. 
which is a six, six and a half percent vodka soda that, you know, if I were to put a white claw in front of you and a, and a high noon, uh, they're indiscernible, you know, what the difference is. They're, they're virtually pretty, the same thing. Pretty easy decision. Yeah. What may, <laughs> what may not be an easy decision is our one must go segment. So thank you for the great segue there, Andy. Uh, our one must go segment is always brought to you by United Cigars featuring La Giana Havana, distributors of Jose Domingos, Vanderlero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay and Byron lines. Smoke one today and start living united. So, gentlemen, uh, like we said before, Rob hasn't been back on this show since Take 26. Randy, this is your first. I know, but I know you guys have possibly seen this. But the idea is I give you three choices and I'm going to participate this week. Uh, So and I have a feeling we might be going down memory lane with a couple of these places. Um, but I'm, I'm going to give you three things and one's got to go to the curb and uh, we want to hear the reasons why and why not. So feel free how to interpret it however you want. And you could base this on how whatever criteria you want. This is just your own personal reasoning and criteria of why this particular thing must go. So we're going to go into fast food restaurants. We've been talking about a lot of high class things. Uh, the first half of the show, we've talked about Zinfandels and cognacs and bourbons and scotches and all the good stuff, uh, even mocktails with a certain amount of class and decorum. Uh, but we're going to talk fast food restaurants, and you can't talk fast food with, I, in my opinion, these are the top three like fast food restaurants in terms of popularity over the years. Uh, I know a lot of debates are already going to ensue probably in the chat right now, but that's okay. So here are your choices, gentlemen. McDonald's, Burger King, your way right away, or Wendy's. So one's got to go. And you guys are up to bat. So, Rob, you have the honor, sir. So uh, earlier I said uh, something about a, a, a New Year's resolution that actually stuck. Um, I gave up fast food probably. Well, I, what I define as fast food. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. But like these, these types of places, uh, I gave this up like about 10 years ago. Oh, so wow. I, okay. so this I is memory lane for you. Yeah. I, and <laughs> now when, uh, when I was working uh, with Mombacho and going on the road with some of the sales folks, you know, throughout the, the South and the East uh, of the country, uh, we had to break those rules sometimes because you're constantly on the move. But um, for me, if, so I'll go back and I'll say the, I remember the last fast food meal that I ordered. It was a Whopper with cheese with a, a, a large onion ring. And nice. a large doc, whatever the jumbo size Dr. Pepper was. That's what I had. It was Whopper with cheese, uh, onion rings, and Dr. Pepper. It's the last time I ordered what I consider fast food. So Burger King definitely makes the cut. 100%. The Whopper can't go anywhere. Um, and uh, the last time that I actually ate fast food after you know breaking, I mean, breaking tradition when I was on the road and I had to was McDonald's because I could do the McDonald's breakfast and not feel terrible about it. Um, so, uh, I would have to say that Wendy's has to go, even though I do like the frosty, I don't know if they still make that, but, uh, yeah, the frosty was good. And I always they go that, out of business without the frosty. Don't they? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And I, I thought, <laughs> I always thought that their chicken nuggets were the best. They had the spicy chicken nuggets or whatever yeah, they were. Those do. were, those were really good. Now the, I don't, I don't look down on fast food or anybody that eats it. It's just, I would eat it. I ate it so often and just all the time. And it was, I just feel terrible after I ate it. And it's just like, I have to make a lifestyle change. 
And, um, and my wife was very supportive of me making that lifestyle change. Uh, so, uh, that's, that's the long story for me. Now I'll still go and get like in and out burger or something like that. That to me is kind of like a high end fast food, but I don't get it very often, but, uh, it's, it's still, I guess, fast food, but yeah, that's for me, long story long. Uh, the Wendy's is the one that's got to go. The so that that's that's really interesting. So like I mean, the Whopper was the last the last fast food meal for you. Is it the was it did, did you like it because of the the charbroil? Was it the the they used the use of mayo because the other two places don't really use. You the just mayo got both. Those are the two things. Those, those are the are two, two things. things. And I loved their onion rings. They were they were so uniform that they yeah. like. How did they get those tiny little onions? Because they were always so small <laughs> and round. I don't know. If they, I'm sure they weren't even real. They just probably mashed <laughs> all the onions and put them in this press. All kinds of stuff I didn't want to know about. But uh, yeah, that was that was a lot. Whopper with cheese. Like if I could, if if I were going to cheat, it would be a Whopper with cheese. I have, but I haven't had one in over a decade. Wow, good onion ring. Those things are hard to find, though. I have to oh, say, I, I'm a big onion ring guy. The habit. I don't know if you guys have the habit. Uh, The habit's a burger place. Um, Maybe it's just local, but I don't go there very often. And sometimes I'll just go there just to get their onion rings, but I I rarely ever do it. But their onion rings are banging. I love onion rings. That's fantastic. I have to. No, I have not. We don't have the habit down here. So I'll uh, I'll have to. We'll have to get you to break your rule next time I'm in your neck of the woods and you can take me and we'll have some onion rings. We'll split it. It won't be as bad. We'll we'll split it. It'll be fine. We'll buy two and split it. All right, so that was that was that was interesting. So, Randy, what about you? McDonald's, Burger King, or Wendy's? Well, I'll tell you, I don't eat much fast food these days either. Uh, but I will say that before I I tried to make a clean break from fast food, the, the, my last two like bastions of of uh, guilty pleasures were McDonald's French fries. And actually, Jack in the Box tacos. I know that's so terrible. They were so good, though. It's like, <laughs> just this deep fried little taco. Oh, my God. Yeah. They were is it, so is good. Is it meat? Is it beans? Is it soy? I don't know. But <laughs> is it soy? <laughs> don't, don't ask. Just, just go for it. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm going to go a different route, though. I love the question, uh, uh, Bear, because... Uh, I, I have, a you know, I grew up, you know, I grew up in the 80s, grew up with a lot of fast food. It was still beloved before uh, Super Size Me came out and changed the world's uh, perception of fast food. But I'm going to go a different route because I'm in marketing and because I, I manage, uh, you know, uh, it, uh, social media uh, presence and I, and I look into influencers and how to engage people so much. Uh, this is an easy answer. McDonald's has got to go because their social media presence just is not what uh, the other two have done when Burger King actually created a Twitter account for the Burger King and he became his own personality and you could follow him and he does stuff, but nothing beats the roasting that Wendy does. No shit. When, when, yeah, I was when, gonna say I follow Wendy's. <laughs> They're fucking savage, man. It's great. Exactly. Yeah. Wendy's will come out. I they they throw fire. They roast their followers. I I for little things from like they'll drop a you know someone will talk trash about one of their burgers and say, "Cool story, bear." 
<laughs> just and just like just leave it at that. It's just like damn. Yeah. They, they, so they started that account by going after Burger King and just talking shit to him and calling him out. And and so you know their social media presence has just become this really fun thing that I really enjoy and think is just kind of brilliant marketing that they've become these personalities of these characters that people want to root for, you know, to some extent. Uh, so so yeah, for me. McDonald's can go. I want to continue to see the Twitter beef between the Burger King and Wendy to continue. <laughs> all dude, all Ronald McDonald just has to do is create his own to- Twitter account, man. And just the, 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 sav- the savage war of Ronald McDonald versus the Burger <laughs> King versus Wendy's like they just could ensue and it would just be it would be awesome. All And then like they could spin this into a whole charity thing. You know, Wendy's has the whole Dave Thomas Foundation. Yep, yep. And you know the Ronald McDonald House. I'm, I'm sure Burger King has a foundation or charity of some kind. But they could they could make they could have fun with that. That'd be great. Great point. Great. Yeah, I, I I love that idea. They should get you in there as a consultant for their media team immediately. I don't think Wendy's needs jack shit from me, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's interesting. You mentioned their Twitter. Account. I I follow I follow Wendy's just because I think they're I mean they're brilliant. I think it's fantastic, and uh, I I I. I have them on my keep list just because of their Twitter account, not even their food necessarily. It's just the, exactly. It's just the <laughs> um, and as nostalgic as McDonald's is for me, uh, you know, like I, and I, and I, I, I dig the McRib and everything when they comes out, you know, I look forward to that time and everything, but I actually gave up fast food for a long period of time. And I got back into it recently just because I have kids and it's easy and simple. And, you know, my youngest apparently only eats chicken nuggets, uh, but he's a connoisseur of chicken nuggets. So it's, you know, he'll eat them from everywhere, but um, you know, most, mostly Chick-fil-A, but, um, but uh, it's the, I'll tell you the most, one of the most nostalgic smells and flavors to me. And this is so, this is going to be weird is the sweet and sour sauce from McDonald's and, mm. and that, then that, the, the, the chicken McNugget with the sweet and sour. And it's really, it's just really nostalgic for me, but I, I'm with Rob on this. The, 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 the Whopper is, is so good. Uh, the charbroil, the mayo, um, they, they typically have pretty good ingredients. The toppings are usually pretty fresh, um, which is really good. Um, and I, 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 I also love the croissant from Burger King, you know, the croissant and, you know, like double meat oh, and everything that like that. Jam. Yeah. When it was, <laughs> so I haven't really had them for years either, but those are, those are the things that I remember And Bur- so Burger King kind of, I think Burger King breakfast trumps the McDonald's breakfast. I know that's kind of like sacrilege yeah. for fast food breakfast people, but because the croissant, which is, is just king, uh, no Agreed. pun intended. But uh, <laughs> so, but the McDonald's has got to go uh, um, for just uh, unfortunately, even though with that nostalgic and the sweet and sour sauce and the chicken McNugget, but uh, but those those Wendy's is just king with the uh, with because of the Twitter, <laughs> just because of Twitter. <laughs> so, uh, but that's 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 my pick. So uh, McDonald's has got to go for me. Uh, Rob, uh, Rob picked Wendy's, and then uh, Randy, remind me which one's got to go for I, McDonald's because McDonald's, McDonald's as well. As so, well so, yeah. so, all right, well, so we'll McDonald's see. did not survive this take of Elo. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's surprising, yeah, honestly. I mean, I don't know if they they actually hold the title, but I think of them as the original fast food. They, they really are. Yeah. I mean, they really are. They can. I mean, yeah. I mean. People could say what they want, but you know, Roy Kroc was the reason. I mean, he he and in, pretty much invented fast food, so yeah, in this country. And so, uh, yeah, I'm sure they're really torn up, and they'll cry out their all their tears to the bank. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, as they sell their hundred billionth burger. Yeah, their billions and billionth served. Um, but uh, but that was our one must go segment. As always, it's brought to you by United Cigars, featuring La Gian Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay and Byron Lines. Smoke one today. Start living United. So uh, this is uh, my our next fun segment, and uh, Rob uh, Rob's going to be spotlighting this for us today. Um, I've it, I'm pleased to have doing this for over a year now. It's been one of my favorite segments, and it's it's brought to light so many amazing organizations. We call this our charity segment, where uh, I ask our guest or guests to spotlight a, or bring forth a nonprofit or charity of their choice. Uh, we'll get into the only one that you are not allowed to pick here in a second. Randy will have fun with that, but let's talk about the most serious of it, which is Rob. Uh, Rob this is your choice. Uh, and I'm really excited. But this is the first time that this organization has been brought forth. But beyond emancipation, an incredible organization uh, spearheaded to their mission is to support young people uh, who are either currently uh, in the foster system or um, out just or, or, or alums, if you will, I guess. Um, but Rob, I'll, I'll let you talk a little bit about it. And uh, why was this organization? Uh, why are you why are you so akin to it? Yeah, thanks. Uh, so, yeah, beyond emancipation, um, they're they're relatively local. But I, so I imagine that there's uh, there's different uh, organizations that do similar things around the country. Uh, these guys are based in uh, Alameda County and it, they focus, as you said, on uh, youth that are um, either in the foster care system or uh, on the verge of, as you said, graduating. They call it eman- being emancipated from uh, the uh, foster care system. So once you turn 18, uh, you know, you're, you're no longer, you know, part of that system and you're emancipated, you're essentially, you're an adult, you're on your own. Um, now if, you know, folks who have, they've been adopted by their families, that's, they kind of do their own thing, but you know, some, some of the kids who stay in that system and never really have find their, uh, you know, forever family, I guess you would call it, uh, for lack of a better term, um, they kind of bounce around and, you know, you think of, you know, trying to find homes for these kids so they have, uh, you know, a good upbringing and, and um, you know, stay off the streets and that kind of thing. You don't really think too much, or at least I didn't really think too much about, uh, you know, what happens uh, when they leave that system. You just kind of figure, well, they're adults now, they can take care of themselves. Uh, but it's, I mean, we've all gone through that and we all had a lot of support to do it. And if you don't have that support, uh, it can be really difficult. Um, and they've uh, uh, beyond, or uh, <clears throat> I beg your pardon, beyond emancipation. They've been around for just, they just celebrated their t- uh, 25th anniversary. Um, and they do focus in uh, Alameda County. Um, and they, they just some interesting things on the website. Uh, it's like over 69% of the youth leaving uh, foster care become involved in the criminal justice system. Um, so it, it, things like that, you just don't think about it. Like up to 50%, they end up being homeless. Um, 40, about 50% leave and they're unable to maintain, uh, uh, to get employment, maintain employment. So what, uh, what they do is they, they work with, uh, kids, they help them find as the, as they graduate out uh, of the system, uh, help them find homes, uh, places to stay. They help them with education, help them get their uh, high school diploma. If they, you know, if they didn't have, uh, if they weren't really in one place where they could attend high school or get their GED and, and help them get into secondary schools, uh, you know, whether it's uh, learning a trade, uh, which um, is uh, something that's really uh, in need at this point, uh, or, you know, moving on to college, they help them find jobs and just transition into life and kind of teaching them how to be adults and how to take care of themselves and, um, and support them in those ways. So uh, this was brought to our attention uh, by a, a friend of my wife's a couple of years ago, and we've donated to them a few times and they'll they, uh, we do every year, my wife, the uh, family that my wife works for, they're very, very generous and they have a, 
a foundation that will match uh, our uh, our donations. So it's really cool. This time of year, we do a few different donations to uh, you know causes that we that we are close to us and we want to support, and they match those donations, which is really great. Uh, but we've uh, we've been working with uh, uh, Beyond Emancipation for a few years now, and they do they do a really good job of. Uh, they keep you updated. You know, here's uh, updates on some, you know, the, your donation helped, uh, you know, this child or this, this young person, and here's how they're That's doing great. now. And um, it's, I'm not doing a very good, uh, I'm not doing it justice, but I just think it's really cool to, um, to help in any way that you can. If you have time, you know, donate your time. If you have money, if you have the means to do it, donate your, whatever is, is, uh, is close to your heart. But uh um, especially this time of year, it's the kind of thing that you're always thinking about, like, what can I do for other people? But, um, this is one that we've, uh, we've been, uh, supporting for a few years now and, uh, definitely want to keep supporting them because they just do, they just do great work. And the kind of thing that at least for myself, it never really occurred to me until this was brought to our attention, uh, by a friend of my wife's that's cause she was, uh, uh, highly, uh, involved with this group. So I just, they're just doing really good work, uh, helping keep kids off the streets and get them into jobs so they can be, you know, productive members of society, whatever that means, but just live a happier, healthier, you know, uh, safer life. And, um, yeah, I just think they do great work. Hey, it sounds like a fantastic organization. Um, yeah. And that's what I really like about this segment is that I've, I've had a lot of people bring local charities, you know, there, I'm sure there's organizations like this all over the country, Rob, and those statistics are, those statistics hit home for everywhere, not just Alameda County, yeah, but yeah. all over here, all over the country. And, you know, and uh, so this is a, this is a great cause. And I, I think it's, it's something worth noting. And uh, as, as later tonight, we'll, uh, I'll be donating as always. Uh, my wife and I have made a pledge uh, since we started this, that we'll be, uh, we donate a small part every week to the charity that's brought up and, and we'll do it in, in, in your honor, Rob. So thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. That. That's awesome. I think that's, that's, uh, that's really cool that, uh, that you do that. Um, and you know, take the time and the funds to, to do that kind of thing. That's, that's great. That's really great. Well, it's uh, it's a great way to it's a great way to give back to just like I said, a lot of different a lot of different organizations, things that are, you know, again, brought to my attention. I mean, you can't you know, you, you can you, you can spend your time looking for these opportunities. But I, you know, I decided that, you know, the best way to do that was, you know, just the people that I care about, the people that come on the show, you know, they have they have passions and they have causes that they that they that they love and are, are near and dear to their heart. So it it uh, it. it it really has been, it's been fantastic just learning about what, what matters to different people and everything. And, uh, uh, you learn a lot about people that way too. I, um, I didn't know where, where, you know, when you selected the shrub, I didn't know if this was personal to you. I didn't know if you were adopted or, or something like that, but it, you know, it's, it's great that your wife does work with a family who's so generous with their, with their time and their, and their, uh, their capabilities. So that's great. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I wasn't adopted, and I mean, I know some some folks who were, but and have gone through uh, that system. But I just, you just see some of the stories and and, and read some of these things, and it's just like, there's, <clears throat> like I I think of it as like, this is going to sound weird, but it's easy to think of like, oh, like I want to adopt a dog or adopt an animal, you know, before they get uh, euthanized or something like that. You don't really think of of children in the same way. I know that sounds weird and that's kind of dark to say, but I don't mean it like that. It's just, it's, it's a thought process that I had never really had. And once we sat down and really looked at what, uh, what, uh, um, beyond emancipation does, and they're very, very transparent too. I mean, you can just go on their website and you can take a look at their financials. You don't even have to be, you don't have to be a, a donator to see where the money's going, which I think is great too. That's another thing with, uh, with, uh, charities is 
that transparency and see where that money is actually going. Um, it makes you feel better about where you put your dollars um, and, and your time if, if, if that's what you have to donate. But uh, yeah, it's, um, it's just something that uh, once it was kind of brought to our attention and we were able to, uh, to uh, really see what they're all about and, and to, uh, to donate with them and see how they follow up and follow through. It's, it's just, I feel like they do great work. And uh, as I said, I'm sure there's, there's one of these in every city, uh, at least one of these in every city uh, around, uh, around the country. So if this is something that, um, you know, it speaks to you, I, I urge you to go, uh, go out and take a look and see, you know, what's going on in your community. If there's something that you can support as well. Absolutely. Well, Check it out. I've put the great. link in the chat. Go ahead, Randy. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I, I was going to say, that's great. Thanks for sharing that, uh, uh, Rob. I, I think it, it speaks a lot to, you know, the foster system as being, you know, and uh, taxed very hard. Their resources are spread thin and they don't necessarily have the resources to be able to give these uh, young people uh, a leg up and, and a chance to uh, integrate back with society once they leave their, the foster care. So uh, I think that's fantastic that to both of you for, um, for uh, shedding light on this and, uh, I'll, I'll go out and say right now, I'll, I'll, I'll match you guys. I'm, I'm feeling all, all holiday and, 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 uh, warm about this. I'll, I'll, I'd, I'd love to uh, partake in that with you guys. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It's it, it, Dana and I, uh, Randy, you know, you know, we, we don't have children. Um, <clears throat> but we've always, we've always talked about adopting or, uh, you know, being in the, in the foster care system and, you know, doing something that we can some, some way that we can help. Cause it's, it just, it just feel like there's some, like, I just want to help kids. How can you not want to help kids have a, like, you know, do the best that they can. I'm not saying that people don't want to, but uh, you know, uh, taking on a foster child is not something that has, has that we've, we haven't taken that step quite yet, but I think that's something in our future, but for now uh, for us to be able to, uh, to help financially uh, with something like this is uh, I think is a good first step in that direction. Well, but uh yeah. And like you said, I mean, we, we, we've all been there. We've all had to go from mom, dad's house to, to the real world and you know, balancing a checkbook and holding a job and showing up on time and stuff. We all had the support to be able to do that. And I don't, I don't want to speak for all of us. It's not that easy. <laughs> some of us, it's tough for some of us with the support. So, uh, so just to think about the folks that are just, you know, showing the door on their birthday and said, okay, you're, you're allowed to be an adult now and not necessarily know what that means or what responsibilities come along with that um, is kind of a scary scenario to, to even, you know, bring up. So, so to hear that there's people like yourself, Rob, and like the family and like you're going to do now, like you're going to do now, uh, their bear um, that are trying to help, you know, in whatever way they can is, is pretty freaking cool. That's great. Like I said, that's a great organization, Rob. I'm really excited to, uh, to, uh, pledge a small part uh to it as well so thank you again um so the, the, on, a, on a lighter note this this brought about so this is actually the first time i've actually mentioned this live on air so i when i've asked my guests for a charity or nonprofit, i've always said that you there's you literally the sky's the limit you can pick anything you want uh there's just i only i only have one veto in reserve that i will i will use and execute um and i've never actually told anyone what it is uh, except for the two of you pre-show. So you all know where this is going. Uh, and uh, so I'll, I'll go ahead and bring it about. So on a lighter note, like, so what, what is my veto? And my veto is this, uh, you cannot pick PETA. <laughs> so PETA is off the, PETA is off the list. And, uh, and 
uh, I can't remember which one of you asked like, well, why? And I said, it's very, it's very simple. My wife's a zookeeper and, and they're, they are very much anti her livelihood and her, what her life's work has been about conservation and, and the hard work that she does uh, every day of her life and has for the last uh, almost two decades. So um, there's no way in hell that I would ever allow anyone to uh, spotlight, uh, spotlight PETA on my show. So that's the, that's the one veto I've got. I thought it was going to be the, I thought it was going to be the bullpen thing. Oh no. Well, yeah. I mean that, that, that's certainly icing on the cake. And uh, even my, my wife pointed that article out to me and she's like, Oh my God. She's like, they're, oh, they're at it. They're at it again. And I was like, yeah. Yep. So I, I, when I first read it, I thought it was an onion, like an article from the onion. Uh, Cause it just seems right. so, so asinine that that's that Peter there. They're asinine. Yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> they're making, they're, they're making a push for major league baseball to change the name of where the, the pitchers warm up has always been called the bullpen. Yeah. Uh, but apparently that's offensive, offensive to cows or something. Yeah. Uh, and like that <laughs> so was the, the actual, so the, so the arm barn, the arm barn is what they want to use. Yeah. It's never going to happen. I hope that never, well, ever, ever. I, I'm never calling it the arm barn. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, I mean, amazing. I love that your wife is a, is a zookeeper, though. Can I ask, what is the coolest animal interaction that you or the family have ever got to partake in with her having this position? Well, that's that's actually a really fun story. And it actually has nothing to do with the zoo that she's worked at for the better part of two decades. She's worked at the Fort Worth Zoo, uh, which has been number one in the zoo, year, uh, zoo in the country a couple of uh, few years during her time there. Awesome. Uh, they were they were number two last year, right behind the Cincinnati Zoo, which uh, which is always up there as well. And so uh, great, uh, great, fantastic zoo. And the work that they do is, is awesome. And she works uh, she works in the education department. So this is the department that. Um, does she takes care of uh, a lot of smaller animals and she's the one that does presentation. She does a lot of presentations, you know, the birthday parties, the corporate events, the, the huge events that the zoo puts on for charity and, and for fundraising and things like that. So she's got a lot of, you know, the amphibians and reptiles and birds and small mammals. And she's got uh, the, you know, if the, if you ever want to look, one of the coolest birds that she works with is the tawny frogmouth. It's fucking scary as shit. Looks like a cross between an owl and a bird. You don't know what it is, but it's 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 scary and bizarrely cute at the same time. It doesn't like men typically. They don't like men. So uh, one of her uh, one of her frog mouths used to look at me really, really frighteningly intimidating. Uh, it was very very scary. But uh, but uh, yeah, cool, really great animals uh, that she works with, and she does a really great work and. The zoo is fantastic and I, I, I love every bit about it, but no, no, she, so before, um, before her time at the Fort Worth Zoo, she interned at this great organization, speaking of great organizations, this great organization called CARE, uh, it's a big cat uh, refuge uh, just northwest uh, of, of Fort Worth uh, in Bridgeport, Texas, um, and manned by an incredible woman. Uh, named Heidi, and uh, she she interned there, and they have uh, they have big cats, tigers, lions, uh, leopards, uh, mountain lions. They have a couple of other exotic animals too, some deer and uh, meerkats, and uh, and uh, and you know monkeys and a couple of other you know great animals and stuff. And there, it's a fantastic organization. Uh, so you get up close and personal with it, and so I you know had the opportunity of. Um, actually yes literally playing around with a lion cub she raised nice. tiger cubs uh and yeah i mean just 
really cool, um, really cool opportunity um, that she worked with. And they do great work. I mean, and a lot of times these animals are taken because, uh, in fact, one of them, one of the lions there um, belonged to Mike Tyson. I was going to make a joke, but that's yeah. actually <laughs> yeah, that's really she, it. They, they, they literally. Yeah, they one of the animals is literally Mike Tyson's uh, old lion. And wow. uh, and uh, yeah, these are mostly from from celebrities and very rich people who think that it would be cool to own a tiger or a lion or and and uh they don't know what to do with it after it gets to be you know 500 pounds and you know eats you know you know whole livestock for breakfast and you know so it's um it's uh you know it's 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 incredibly awesome work uh my wife my wife is a badass man she is she's cool as hell um the work that she's done in her life uh with with this particular work and stuff. In fact, one of the coolest photos ever of her. I still think that it's the coolest thing ever. And um, so only the women will, will, women will, will, will get this as an, an important thing, but she was going to be a bridesmaid the summer she was interning uh, and her brides, uh, the bride, you know, um, that she was going to be a bridesmaid for was very specific about it was going, they were going to be wearing strapless dresses and they were to not have tan lines. They were not allowed to have tan lines. So there is a picture of my wife literally uh, butchering a cow that will be fed to a tiger later in a tube top. So, <laughs> so it is awesome. I mean, she's got blood all over her and she's got like, you know, some machete. I mean, she's just hacking at this thing. It's the coolest thing in the world. So it is awesome. So pretty um, badass, but, yeah, it's yeah, pretty fucking badass. Yeah, it's about she's, as badass as it gets. Yeah. She is, she is cool as shit. So, uh, yeah, care is that organization up in uh, Northwest uh, Fort Worth. If you guys care, uh, uh, it's an abbreviation C dot A dot R dot E dot. So, uh, great, great organization. But uh, um, not to not to take away from uh, beyond uh, emancipation. But uh, no, but yeah, no, that's the, that's that's why PETA is not allowed. Uh, <laughs> yes. I'll tell you what, I, yeah. I looked up a. a an image of this tawny frog mouth yeah. uh, bird that you're talking about. Yeah. And they look real judgy, man. Oh yeah. Like this, <laughs> like the first picture that pops up, he's staring right into the camera. And there's some intensity to it, man. I'm yeah. not kidding. They're, they look, they don't look too big. I can't tell the size of this because there's yeah, nothing they're tiny, right? They're, but, they're, they're, they're not, they're not very big. They're a little bit bigger than this picture. I want to pull it up for, for the, per, for the audience here. But I'll, I'll tell uh, you what, they look pretty fierce. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're 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 a little. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, he, yeah. He wants nothing yeah. to do with you. He's they saying, don't <laughs> they don't fuck around, man. It's really, like if you're yeah, if you've got a penis, they're they they've they've got all the judgment and death stare for you. I, oh I didn't even God. notice. Like he's got his buddy in the back. They're like, oh yeah, yes. they're they're both going at it. Yeah, it's like, it's <laughs> that's aggressive. The, they're like, who like, the say, fuck are you? Yeah, who say the fuck something. Are you? Say something. Yeah, that's that's what they want. They want you to say something. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I'm I'm flying here. I'm flying here, guys. But so yeah, Amazing. no, great, great, uh, and but they're they're great for uh, they're great for uh, education and I mean uh, an animal you just you put that you know you put that in front of a group of people and they don't know what the heck they're looking at and sure and it's a beautiful I mean it's a beautiful animal and I mean you know all joking aside and and they're you know the conservation and education that my wife does uh, on a daily basis is just incredible so that's why again. That's why PETA will never be. Yeah. Given, it's been given PETA too much airtime already. What we're talking yeah, about, exactly. but it's all, 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 all laughing at them. Yes. We're laughing at you, PETA. We're laughing at you. Um, pieces of shit. Um, every last one of them. Um, so um, oh, I love it. 
but uh <laughs> but that was our charity segment and so going back to uh, going back to some going back to the heart of the matter a flavor odyssey is about pairings and so I thought it would be fun to to just kind of do a kind of a brief exchange on a couple of things. I'm going to skip ahead and then kind of come back to something because I've been drinking this tequila tonight, smoking this uh, Colorado Clara from Placencia, and the pairing's actually done quite well. Um, but uh, my uh, one of my traditional pairings that I do, and this is a tradition I've done for better part of over 10 years now. Every Thanksgiving, um, I will smoke an Arturo Fuente Anejo, uh, aged exactly one year because I previous it the year before. So I always smoke on Thanksgiving day. I smoke the Anejo that was purchased the previous year. And I've done this every year for like, like I said, the last 10 years. And I always pair it with the uh, tequila that I've never tried. Uh, Cause I, I love tequila and uh, I think it pairs fantastically with the Anejo um, uh, specifically. So, but this was uh, the year that I, I, and the, the tequila that I'm drinking was what I actually paired a couple of days ago with my Anejo. And it's the, the Maestro Dobel, which I uh, showed off earlier. And, uh, and I, I, it's, it's one of my favorite traditions. I love it. I think it, it pairs incredibly well. Um, the flavors of tequila, the agave, um, yolk barrels, and just the sweetness kind of really pairs well with the, uh, this, that kind of earthy sweetness of that, that you know, five-year age Maduro wrapper that's on the Anejo. So um, it's, a, it's a really great pairing. So um, do you all? Do either of you have, uh, you know, like traditions and pairing like that, uh, or, you know, or is your life a constant exercise of pairing like, uh, you guys demonstrate on the show? Uh, I'll, I'll go first, Randy. I actually, I don't have, I don't think I have anything like that specific. Um, especially that's based around holidays. Um, I, I'm the only cigar smoker that's around, uh, during holidays. And if I took, uh, an hour and a half on Thanksgiving when my family's here to go outside to smoke a cigar. I think my wife would uh, have some real problems with that. Um, but uh, it's funny that you say, has your life become a, a, an exercise in pairing? And uh, I'd never thought about it that way. Um, but the bulk of the cigars that I smoke nowadays are, it's either we're, it's on the pairing show or it's I'm kind of prepping for a show or I'm thinking about a show. It's it it really does kind of center around uh, 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 the show, really. It, for for me, when it comes to pairing, uh, I have some ideas on what like a what a traditional pairing is, but I, I don't know if that if we'll get into that in a second, I guess. But yeah, as far as uh, like personal traditions, I don't really I don't really have anything like that. Uh, well, for for me, I'll I'll tell you, you know, uh, I I don't. <sighs> Uh, traditions, regionalism, and um, and and history go into pairings a lot for me. You know, it's such a big part of the conversation of beer. Of uh, you, you know, I mean, if you if you go all the way back in history, all the beer styles that we know come from one region, and it was driven by uh, primarily the ingredients that were available to that region. So whether you were known for your water or for your cold temperature, um, you, you know, I mean, in in southern Germany. They focus on loggers because so many years ago, before yeast and microscopes were invented, all they knew was <laughs> was that uh, in the cold months, beer came out very good. And in the hotter months, it was spoiled and rancid and foul. And so they only brewed during the winter. And what they didn't know is they were only brewing loggers because that was the time of year when that specific species of yeast 
was more prevalent and, and readily uh, uh, found and available. And so for me, I'm, I'm very nostalgic uh, uh, about that. I really do like uh, pairing, you know, it, uh, Rob brought up the Batida de Coco uh, earlier when we were going to do a, a Brazilian based beverage. For me, we had to smoke a Brazilian based cigar. Um, and, it, you know, so for me, I'm more regionally connected uh, to things. If I'm, if, if I'm drinking something from England, I want to try and find something that, that connects somehow to the lineage. Um, uh, but, but for me, the other thing I always like to say, you know, and uh, again, I started as a, as a beer judge uh, well before craft beer was, uh, was so popular that basically everyone knows what craft beer is now. Back when I drank craft beer or started in the beer industry, it was still readily uh, like unknown. And, um, and so people always would be led to ask, like, Oh, so you're a beer judge. So what's your favorite beer? And, and they expected a, a singular response. And so for me, like my favorite way to answer is trying to also educate people and bring them to, to the light of understanding flavor. And, and what I love about flavor in beer and in cigars is that you can tailor it to your mood, to your activity, to the time of year. And so for, for me, you know, my tradition for pairings is picking something that suits my setting very well, whether it's a hot, sunny day and I want to go with something a little bit more citrus and acidic and bright um, in both the, my beverage and my cigar or on a cold, you know, holiday, you know, I, I, I love the, I, I've never done tequila and that Añejo, I love that cigar bear. I have a, a humidor half filled with that cigar. I spend way too much money on that cigar. Um, but uh, so for me, that, that would be my tradition is finding a, a, a pairing that, that fits my setting perfectly so so that's kind of the third element in the pairing is uh not just the flavor in the in the glass and in the cigar but but in where i am what i'm doing and and, and how the setting fits the pairing as well it sounds like we need to get rob some petite coronas for his thanksgiving so that he, he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't have to we don't want we don't want to we don't want to piss we don't want to piss off dana just be like hey you know Rob needs a break. Yeah. You know that thing yeah, ostentatious. Yeah. He'll be gone. Yeah. He'll be back in twenty minutes. It's fine. <laughs> I, 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 I can usually that. I can usually sneak one when it's Christmas and we're up at my mother in law's house, but she lives up in the foothills out near Yosemite, so it does get a little bit chilly. And I do usually go with like a petite Corona, something like that. Uh, one that I, I I wasn't an every year thing, but uh, my my mother in law, God bless her, she'll always. Every year she'll she'll have whatever it is that I'm into. If I'm into scotch, she'll have a, a new scotch for me to try. Uh, or uh, if there's uh, if it's bourbon, she'll have a bourbon for me to try. Something like that. So she'll always have something. And there was there were uh, a, a one year where she had this. Uh, she picked up a peaty scotch. It was a, a Costco, um, like a Kirkland brand, twelve year Islay scotch or Isla. I say Islay, but I think it's Isla. Um, but I've never even seen it since. But uh, she she had that. So it was a couple of years in a row where I would sneak out and I would plan ahead for a small cigar. Uh, a Cro-Magnon knuckle dragger was one that I would have. Uh, I had that did that a couple of times, but nothing to it to a tradition like that. When Randy talks about your settings, though, uh, my wife and I like to do some fishing. We don't do a lot of fishing, um, but uh, <laughs> I, I actually I should have had this this queued up. We went uh, back to visit my uh, father in law in um, Virginia. Oh, uh, in September, and my wife caught a 50-pound catfish. 
Holy shit. Yeah. Massive. 50 pounds. Like she could have fit her head in this damn thing. It's a and, toddler. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's, <laughs> see, that's, that's the same word that she used. No, it's not a toddler. It's a six-year-old. This is a gigantic fish. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll have to I'll, I'll post my six year old's a little bigger than that, but yeah, I mean he's on the he's in the ninety ninth percentile. So it's yeah, fine. but I, it's just, well, yeah, I don't have kids. I don't know how big a six year old is, but it's it's. I mean, no, you're right a, on. This is a gigantic <laughs> fish. Uh, but when we 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 like to do some fishing at the the local reservoir, and I always I will always go. I'll always have Fuente. It won't always be the same thing, but I'll, I'll usually go either a Fuente. Um, just like a just like a chateau or uh añejos i've done a couple of times and i randy i need to track down some more of those uh petite lancero opus x because that thing was freaking delicious that we did on the show the other day but uh, that's probably the closest thing i have to a tradition but it's uh, i'm pairing that with coffee it's i'm not going uh i'm not going out on a limb uh with that pairing because it's it's usually 5 30 in the morning and coffee goes pretty well with uh, most cigars you want to get into tra really traditional pairings <laughs> great points great points awesome <laughs> matt kate in the chat man this is uh we talk about some off the wall uh, pairings this is the uh, quote, quote unquote only holiday pairing tradition that he has which is sambuca and a broadleaf Ooh. cigar hmm. oh, nice that's, i like uh, it man that's, i like it matt sambuca is very very specific flavor yeah that's a lot of the anise Anise, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was gonna say, remind me again. Are you on the anise or anise side? I, I, anise sounds too like anus, so yeah. I go anise. Yeah, I've always mm. my, my my mother taught me anise, and I never heard the term anise until later in life, and I just thought it was weird. Yeah, it's wrong. I was like, it's, it's just wrong. Yeah, it's I was like star star anise. Like that just sounds terrible. Like, <laughs> star anise. Yeah, yeah, it just works. That's that's interesting. Sambuca is one we haven't done on the show, Randy. We'll have to. Uh... Maybe we'll make that. Uh, we could do an off-the-wall segment. Uh, Last time I drank up. Sambuca was in London. They were they were uh, lit on fire. I was being challenged by an Englishman, and I didn't know. I was quite a bit younger at the time. I didn't know that when you lit the shots on fire, you blew them out before you drank them. Oh, boy. Burn, burn the shit out of my lip. I've always hated Sambuca ever since. <laughs> R Randy is, is the kind of guy that will uh, – he'll – He'll jump in first and ask questions later. Maybe a little, a little, a little too much ready fire aim sometimes with uh, with Randy over there. That's fair. Well, well, I think Randy might be jumping the gum on one of the segments later here, but uh, uh, but that's that's uh, all on good. So, but Sambuca, really very specific, great tradition, Matt. That's awesome. I, I love that. Uh, I'm not the only one that has something very specific that they do during the holidays. That's great. So, um, so this kind of goes back to the the the, the I guess the original question right that flavor odyssey is is based on this this exploration this journey this epic the saga this odyssey of trying to find what is that pairing or just exploring different pairings and everything so i i, th I think it's fair to say that there is a traditional cigar pairing that everyone kind of holds dear to their heart like when people like a non-cigar smoker or people associate like oh you're smoking a cigar did you pair it with a x but I found that that is a there is a line of demarcation there that this this it's not as finite as I once thought. And so I, I wanted to pose the question to this panel and I'll answer the question that the thing that I've always heard my entire life uh, when it comes to cigars, you pair it with X. So what is it for you? What have you heard? What is the what is the quintessential traditional cigar pairing? 
that you've heard always associated as a pairing with cigars. What is it to you? Coffee, coffee in Connecticut. Coffee in Connecticut. Scotch. Randy says Scotch. That's yeah, me, yeah. Randy. I, I would have yeah. gotten a like, natural oh, wrapper and a Scotch. Uh, that's yeah. when I watched <laughs> the movies, when I looked at Cigar Aficionado, just because Arnold Schwarzenegger was on it. Yeah, it was it was it was always a natural wrapper and scotch. Nah, at the time I didn't even know natural wrappers, but but yeah, scotch and cigars, I think, is probably as far as like people out of the industry, the most layman uh out there that we that we might run into. I would think that that uh, if we were playing family feud, number one has gotta be scotch. It's gotta be it's gotta be <laughs> scotch. Now it's, Nick Nick Melillo of Foundation will tell you that coffee is the pairing. It is yes. the pairing. Yes. To pair with cigars, I would completely agree. And and for um and I I I would absolutely agree, especially I think it's I think it's more universal, right? The re, the whole reason you guys are doing this segment with mocktails, you know, this journey with mocktails is 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 a response to your audience who who don't partake in alcohol. So what is that? What is that? That pairing? It's 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 coffee. And yeah, I think Nick's hit it right on the head. I I've always associated. Everyone's always asked me about scotch, and I think if you guys if you guys I know I've seen it. A, a, uh, over a two dozen times at this point, but uh, hand rolled the cigar documentary. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen it? Both y'all. So it, it's it if it's an interesting exercise hearing, and it's a pairing will come up several times, and it depends on who says it. And Rocky Patel says Scotch, and other people say bourbon, and other people say rum, and mm-hmm. it's really interesting to hear these these icons in our industry like inadvertently have. A, a kind of start a debate you know what is the what is the pairing to have with yeah, they're divided on it yeah yeah um I, I mean hot take here i think scotch overall like if, in terms of a generalization i think scotch is incredibly overrated i agree to pair with, to, to pair with scotch to pair with cigars that's why i like saying well layman's think that that's what the best pairing is <laughs> I, I I I I don't necessarily agree that it's overrated, but I drink scotch. Randy doesn't drink scotch. We've, well, there is that Belvaney number that I like so much, but it's oh, yeah, the, so the, the the Caribbean Belvaney, cask, the Caribbean, the Caribbean cask. <laughs> you went straight no, to it, Barry. Yeah, that's God, a, that is, that so is yeah, that's that's Money. a it's it's a solid solid uh, whiskey. You can find it all the time. It's really good. It's not super expensive. Um, it's kind of a like it's kind of a staple. You know, most people have that if, if you're a scotch drinker, uh, depending on your level, really, I guess. Uh, I think, you know, hoity-toity scotch drinkers probably don't have that in their in their bar anymore. Uh, but I think most people do. Um, yeah, exactly. But it's it's the like it's the way that you would probably think about beer, Randy. It's the same kind of thing. Um, but uh, I, I think a, a, I don't pair scotch nearly enough because, as I said earlier, I'm always thinking about the show and it's like getting some it's like an act of god to get randy or anybody at the dojo to drink scotch because they oh it's too smoky oh it's too smoky you don't know anything about scotch not all scotch <laughs> is smoky it's it's really really not um so yes i think i think you're probably right when you look at from from a macro level uh it's you know people just assume oh i'm 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 these are the people who are smoking a cigar because it's a special occasion and they're drinking right. scotch. So yeah, the, the layman, that's probably, yeah, that's probably well, this the is right exactly what I wanted, Rob, because so, so you, you, you're scotch. I like scotch too. So Randy's the outlier. He doesn't like scotch and that's, you know, that that's easily explainable. So, so between scotch drinker to scotch drinker here, you, you, you don't think the peatiness, the smokiness interferes with the flavor of the cigar. 
Well, well, sure it does, but not all scotches are peaty. That's true. Okay. I mean, like it's, the Caribbean it, cast, like we were talking about. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. I mean, if, if, if you get something that's not peated, I mean, <clears throat> like if you're talking about 90% of Japanese whiskey, right. Is basically scotch. It's just made in Japan. So you call it something else. Uh, it's single malt whiskey. Um, but they do the same process and they don't use peat. And right. so you end up with this, the same type of spirit, but for whatever reason, there's that, there's that, uh, stigma i guess with with scotch oh it's smoky I, i'm and, and if you think it's going to be smoky it's going to be smoky that's right. the other thing with flavor if you go in with a preconceived notion of mm -hmm. what it is that you're going to taste i bet you're going to taste it if somebody tells you that i smoke the cigar hey i taste raspberries well i'll be damned if you don't taste raspberry when you're smoking yeah, right. it because you, your, your brain is telling you that you're looking for that right. it's kind of like when you buy a new car and then all of a sudden you see your car everywhere because it's your car now. It's like, well, th this person has my car. This person, when I, I bought a Jeep, I drove a Jeep for a couple of years. Never really thought much about Jeeps until I had one. And then I see everybody driving Jeeps. Right. It's, the, it's that kind of thing. Uh, but for me, I love pairing with scotch, but I just don't do it that much because I, I don't, like I said, Randy, like I'd have to get Randy. going to come back to blaming me. No, it's, it's not blaming you, but it's, it's part of it is like, I don't want to make you go buy a bottle of scotch that you're probably not going to like. And then, you know, you're gonna have to make this investment and then I'm gonna have to come over to your house. I'm going to take it from you and then I'll drink it. And I'm drinking a free bottle of scotch. And I just feel guilty about doing that. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I mean, there's those there, there's those over the top scotches like Lafroy, Right. I mean, oh, that's sure. just just. Yeah. It's I mean, I, rubber and campfire. Yeah. yeah. It's, Which oddly tastes good. I don't know how that tastes good. It just I don't know good. either. I enjoy it as well. Just not with a cigar. Yeah. I just, yeah. It's yeah. we did. Did we do. Did we do a PD scotch yeah. once, Randy? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you uh, forced me once. I did. What what was it that we did? I, I'd have to go back and look, but I know we did one. And you're right. It is this is that you start getting into what I like to call palate overload. There's mm. just your palate just gets crushed by all these flavors. And yeah, you're probably gonna and like for example, it's actually a pretty good example. I just switched from Guinness and now I'm drinking this uh oh, willetized. Wow uh coffee stout that's aged in uh rye oak barrels from our good friends at Lagunitas checks in at 12.4 percent so this is so if this is your basic uh highland scotch this is going to be your your islay that's you know got a ton of peat and a ton of smoke and it is crushing the cigar so i'm not really right. going to drink this until after i'm done with the cigar right. so yeah it's when you get into that specific type that style of scotch that's tough but the bulk of scotch doesn't taste like that. Right. Well, you guys did scotch in the late hour, if I remember. I, mm -hmm. I remember that. I don't know if it was a peated oh, scotch. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I almost smoked the late hour in, in, uh, in, in honor of you, Randy, but I didn't want to drink scotch for two hours because I'd be just shitty by now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you, so, so you know, one of the things we talk about a lot on the show and, and one of the primary um, elements and, and cornerstones of pairing anything with anything else is intensity. And, you know, matching intensity is such a critical part of, of pairing. And, you know, the, the examples I always use are, you know, uh, a blue moon with a white fish works really well uh, because they're both very subtle in flavor. They're not, they're not overpowering. You'll be able to still taste the, the, the fish. But if you drank a Imperial Stout and then tried to eat uh, a piece of broiled tilapia, 
it, it all you'll have is texture. You, you have uh, palate fatigue. Your 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 palate is so blown out from from all the intense flavors of of chocolate rich alcohol and you know burnt coffee characteristics that you you're, you the tilapia stands no chance at, at having you perceive anything and so that's one of the reasons that i'm kind of anti-smoky just because um it, it is very tough to pair beer is great because it, it it spans a much larger spectrum than any other uh alcoholic beverage in that you have light, you have medium, you have dark, you can have roasted characteristics, you can have sweet characteristics. So you can really fine tune beer. Beer really is the, the best pairing liquid with anything, uh, in my personal opinion. And then you have carbonation uh, that, that beer has on its side, which also adds um, you know, the effervescence when it hits your palate, like cl- cleanses some of the previous flavors. So you, you can have an imperial IPA with barbecue and taste both the barbecue and the IPA. You can have an imperial stout with barbecue and you'll still both, both highly intense flavors don't get overrun by the other. So I would argue that in in the spirit world, I I'm very uh, preferential to rye because it has that sweetness. It has the oakiness. It also has some spice coming from the rye that, that can, uh, kind of connect with some of the baking spices that we talk about finding in cigars, you know, the, the cinnamon and the allspice. Um, you, you can find some synergies there with the spiciness coming from the rye and spirits. Um, but ultimately, beer is always going to be your best friend because you can have a pilsner with your Connecticut or cream ale with your Connecticut. You can have a stout with your, with your Maduro. And you can have a brown ale with a Padron 1926 Family Reserve, which is just the best pairing on the face of the planet. <laughs> period. There's just there's just no two ways about it. Uh, but but that's uh, that's just my thing. And, and, <laughs> and you can you can tune in and check the seven different episodes in which we did that. No, actually, we, we only we've only done that pairing <laughs> twice. Um, but yeah, Randy, you're right. The, the way you're talking about intensity is is absolutely correct. Uh, and I think one thing that we found out is one of the toughest things to pair, especially as far as beer is concerned, is barrel-aged beer because it's mm. the flavors are so intense, yeah. so, so intense. And to find a cigar that can just match that intensity is tough to begin with. And then you're talking about you're hitting your palate with these just gigantic flavors. These are just tsunamis of flavor that's coming into your palate that it can be, it can be pretty taxing. So... <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know if that answers the question, but uh, I, I wanted to chime in because yeah. we, we talk a lot. Of, I mean, everybody loves barrel aged beers. You see a lot of guys, mm-hmm. oh, I'm, I'm drinking this and smoking this. And, and it's like, man, how can you even taste that cigar? You know, like, how can you even how are you getting anything other than just a little bit of smoke on your palate? Well, well, you know, just going back to, you know, something you had brought up earlier, uh, Bear, you had referenced French oak, you know, you know the nuance difference between french oak hungarian oak and american oak is something that is probably beyond most wine drinkers they probably don't even care that much i used to sell wine barrels as part of uh one of the jobs i've had over the years and it was one of the most fun things for me as as um, as new winemakers would come into the shop and want to know what barrel to buy and i'd knock out the bung and i'd have them smell the the new barrel and they say oh it smells like wine well, it's interesting you would say that wine has never touched this barrel. So, you know, the logic would dictate wine actually smells like oak. Uh, 
Um, but you know, American Oak has, has vanilla in it. it. It has more of a vanilla characteristic. It's, it's a little bit sharper where French Oak is more subtle. And so I, I think even when you talk about matching intensities, those are the nuanced characteristics that get completely some are just bad pairings where you don't taste much of anything at all but even a slightly um difference in uh, just a slight difference in intensity could completely give you flavor blindness to those more subtle and nuanced flavors which if you're a cigar smoker whether you acknowledge it or not or have the vocabulary to describe it or not, you probably enjoy nuanced flavors quite a bit and tasting this one's a little bit more chocolatey, this one's a little bit more spice forward, this one's a little bit sweeter. Uh, those are nuances that can be completely blinded by by the wrong intensity in your pairing. And so um, that, that that's what I focus on a, a, a ton for for the proper pairing. Is And, and as far as scotch goes, I... I don't know that I've ever met a scotch that was just, you know, the perfect thing to pair with a cigar where, where I found lots of other kind of areas of the alcohol world and non-alcoholic world that, that could make a better fit. Well, one of the, there was an interesting article and I wish I had it pulled up for reference, but it was a really, it was a really cool exercise. Uh, cigar aficionado magazine did a pairings article where they, they, polled um or interviewed different industry icons and what their choice pairing was their beverage right that they would pair with cigars and uh you saw your you know you saw your scotches you saw your bourbons uh, nick malillo's in there with coffee and everything and uh, but there was one that caught my attention you were talking about intensity of flavor randy so i was going to bring this into to kind of conclude this 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 little segue that we've had uh which was and i and i kind of raised my eyebrow at and i've it, it's definitely highbrow um, you know, this coming from a guy who said cognac a little while ago, but of um, martini. And that one was a little odd to me just because like when you think about intensity of flavors, you know, for vermouth can be really, you know, it's very much an acquired taste. And, you know, <laughs> depending on your dry or sweet and, the you know, is it a dry, you know, is it dry martini? Is it dirty? You know, those, those, the briny flavors of olives and <laughs> things like that. I mean, there's some, there's some intensity there that can really wash out a cigar um, or bring out flavors in a cigar that you just don't want there. So that, I thought that was an interesting <laughs> pairing. I mean, any, any thoughts on martinis? Uh, have you guys done martini? I can't remember. We have, we have, we have not, not done martini. I think, I think my mind, when you said the word martini, I went straight to what you referenced the brininess of a dirty martini. It would, would be the way I would drink a martini. And I could, I could definitely get with the idea that you could find uh, something in the, um, in the lighter realm of cigars that has some brininess that you could find some, some connections with, but, but you're right for a, for a clear drink, um, there's some there's some bold flavors that can come from a martini. And you're not wrong about vermouth not being for everybody. Maybe it's an acquired taste and I just haven't drank enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I could see finding um, <clears throat> finding a cigar that has kind of a salty uh, component on the palate uh, and, and and pairing that with a, a, a martini that's on the dirty side, maybe not overly uh overly dirty but uh i could see that working but to me that seems very specific but again yeah. I, I don't think i've ever tried that i don't think i've ever paired mm. I, i'm not much of a martini guy I, I had a phase 
when I thought I was James Bond and I, I wanted to drink a bunch of martinis, but uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll see your martini and I will uh, raise you a Manhattan if you want to uh, go with something that's got uh, some, some sweet vermouth in it. Uh, we did a Manhattan episode. I can't remember what we paired with it. I could look it up and find it, but uh, it was, it was nails uh, to yeah, go with. Yeah, uh, you get that. We went with, a, we did a rye martini specifically uh, martini, uh, a rye, uh, uh, Manhattan. Manhattan, Manhattan. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that, that, that little bit of spiciness from the rye, that mm-hmm. sweetness from the uh, sweet vermouth, uh, was that, I mean, if, if we're going cocktails, I mean, if you, if you're not going to go with an old fashioned, uh, then you got to go with, uh, with, with, uh, a, a Manhattan. That's just, it just works really well. Well, Rob just said it, the old fashioned, I feel like has really taken, you know, in the latter years that I was working retail, the old fashioned is dominated, dominated the, the, the ordering in terms of what, what bring, what drinks are being paired with it. I mean, with cigars, I mean, it's just, it is just the old fashioned is kind of taken over. It's, I mean, it's, it's such a classic flavor profile. You have that bourbon or rye, whichever you just, whichever direction you decide to go. And there's, there's a benefits to either one, right? You go with a, Mm -hmm. with a a, a bourbon. I think you're going to get a bit more of that oakiness and it's a little bit sweeter, uh, you go with a rye, you get, like I said, you get a little bit of that spice, um, but you're also getting that brightness from the orange. Uh, it's, it's like, to me, it's like, I, I want to have a cocktail, but I don't want to drink just straight whiskey or straight rye. So I'm going to have an old fashioned and you still get the bulk of that, uh, that the flavor from that spirit just softened a bit by some sweetness and yep. the addition of a large ice cube. Nice. Awesome. Well, gentlemen, I really appreciate uh, you guys coming on. We have one last question uh, before we uh, say adieu tonight, but I always take this opportunity to thank uh, the people that come on my show. Sunday nights, typically family time uh, with you guys on the West Coast. I know you guys are going to go ready to have lunch after this. (laughs) So, uh, but I mean, all joking aside, I know it's late wherever you are. Uh, So to our audience and to my guests tonight, I really appreciate it. I know this can be family time, um, you know, Rob, I know, uh, you know, Dana is an absolute trooper um, for always, uh, always uh, allowing you to come on to these shows and, and uh, all the hard work that you do with all the jobs that we talked about earlier that you uh, that you do and, and still make time for for shows like this. I really appreciate it. And Randy, I know you've got a family just like I do. So family is very precious to me. Uh, so I know that uh, uh, time away from your kiddo uh, is is very valuable and, and I, I appreciate it. So thank you both for joining me tonight uh, for for an amazing take. But uh, we've got one last show. But thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Absolutely, man. This was a blast. Yeah. A long yeah. time coming. I'm glad we were able to uh, to find a date that worked. Um, but uh, yeah, man, anytime. This is this is fun. Indeed. Well, um, I'm going to insert myself into the running for consideration for the cognac show whenever that comes up. So, oh yeah, I, I'm in. We we'll have to. Uh, I wrote Randy, it down. Yeah, Randy, <laughs> we'll have to. Uh, wait, okay. Well, on, from that note, what would you recommend as a I mean, it's step up from like a, a basic Hennessy. That's really the only one I can think of. Um, but because uh, I, I don't have a ton of experience, but what would you, yeah. what's one that I can pick up that's not going to, you know, I don't have to mortgage my house, but uh, I'm still going to get a fair amount of flavor and drinkability from it. 
Well, unfortunately, that's the thing about cognac is they, and, and you know, you, you have a bottle of Hennessy, which is, uh, you know, depending on if it's via, uh, you know, VSOP or, or VS mm-hmm. or something like that. I mean, it's, it's more on the affordable side of, 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 of cognacs and that probably sets you back, an, you know, a, a decent amount, you know, it's, it's not your $30 bottle. It's, you know, you're looking at the fifties and $60 range and stuff. Um, but if you want to treat yourself to this holiday season, to a really great flavor and everything, my, my absolute go-to and, uh, uh, cognac to always have a bottle on hand and just sip on very special occasions is uh, the Remy Martin 1738 Accord Royale. Um, fantastic, fantastic uh, cognac. Love it. Absolutely love it. But Remy Martin is my my brand, if you wanted to put it out there. Uh, but the 1738 is amazing. I I, I, Randy, I can see you looking that up right now. Let me know if it's available locally and what it's going to set yeah. us back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 77 bucks at total wine. We got this. <laughs> Randy, could just, just have one shipped to me and we'll call it good. We'll do. Thanks. <laughs> awesome. Well, that'll take us into tonight's last question, which is always our curveball segment sponsored by Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Curveballs or fastballs, it doesn't matter since the company's inception. Steve Saka has been knocking them out of the park six consecutive years in the consensus top three. Yep. I had to look that up and I even got fact checked. That's good true. Friend. Yes. Yes. Six consecutive years. I, I got uh, fact checked wow. on it. Will, Will Cooper, man. Fact checked. I thought it was five. every year in his existence, right? Yeah. I believe every year. In the consensus top old, three. Yeah. yeah. Consensus Dang, top yeah. three, man. He's he's been knocking him out of the park. All, all pun intended. Seriously. Yeah. So this yeah. is our curveball question. We've been talking a lot about pairing, so we're going to stick on the subject uh, of eating and drinking. You guys did some food pairings on the flavor odyssey as well. It's not just drinks, but so <laughs> in your lifetime, <laughs> what is something that you have either eaten or drank that you regretted immediately? And I'm going to participate as well in this segment. So <laughs> what is something you've eaten or drank that you have regretted immediately upon it touching your lips or allowing it to get some mouthfeel as Randy is, you know, <laughs> mine's definitely mouthfeel driven. Go ahead. Uh, okay. I'll start out. Uh, I myself have to force myself to be adventurous. Sometimes I get into uh, kind of a rut, but when I travel, really no hold. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I love what I love. It takes a lot to introduce something new and then we'll, we'll, we'll see. But when I travel oh, wow. to- totally different, uh, I, I, I love trying uh, local um, cuisine when I uh, have the opportunity to travel. And I had the great opportunity to travel to uh, northern Spain where I, uh, I stayed in a small village where cow lip was a delicacy. And uh, immediately upon biting into a properly prepared cow lip, uh, you feel it pull back like rubber bands from your teeth as you bite through it. It is the worst sensation. I I I, I wouldn't wish that on on anybody. Um, Biting so, into rubber bands. Oh man. Yeah yeah yeah. It's like it's layered and 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 taut. So as you bite through it, you just feel it like pulling back in both directions. It's an awful sensation. Uh, so cow lip would be, is definitely is even worse than the burning my lip on the Sambuca story. <laughs> Holy it's, Jesus. It's like you take a bite and it's trying to get out. 
Randy's just not allowed to go to Europe anymore. Sambuca in London, Cowlip in Spain. It's just bad. Just yeah, bad yeah. overall. Poor guy. Poor guy. Yeah, I, I had to think about this. Um, I've been uh, like like Randy said, I, I, I've become uh, much more adventurous. Uh, my wife brings that out in me uh, with the food that we eat and uh, been lucky enough to travel um, and try some some local stuff that, uh, just sounds terrible. Uh, haggis for an example, when I was in Scotland, uh, haggis is they take the, all kinds of innards of the sheep, they throw it in the stomach and they cook it. Uh, it's actually tastes boil it. <laughs> yeah. It, it actually tastes pretty good. Um, when, when I had it, I didn't, it, it, it it's, that's not my answer. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I've just been able to, to do some of that. We went to, to Southeast Asia for my wife's 40th birthday. Uh, and uh, did some street food in uh, in Vietnam. Vietnam, and, yeah, I remember yeah, that. And we ate some these worms that my wife really wanted to eat. That she they were mashed up in like this this patty with it was basically like a pork patty with these worms mashed up in it. And like I mean, it was fine. It wasn't terrible. Uh, they, I, I've 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 had a bad muscle before, like when you you get steamed muscles. Oh, and, uh, it, it's gross. I, I have yeah. not eaten them since because uh, you get a bad one. Like I could tell you, like I could taste it right now. And this was probably yeah. like six years ago <laughs> that I had that. And it's, I've had and, bad muscles. I've gone back to them, but I've been, uh, I've had, I, I know I just, exactly what you're talking about. Oh, I, just, God. I just can't. Um, I, I mean, I guess that would have to be my answer. There's there's uh, I mean, as far as like drinks and stuff, uh, I've had some bad cocktails here and there. Um, but uh, maybe Sambuca, that might be uh, to, to go back as I, that's just something that does not, does not resonate with me. But I think, uh, once I, I took a bite of that muscle and, you know, usually if it's, if it doesn't, they steam them, if it doesn't open, you don't eat it. This one was open and I, and I ate it and it was just the second it got in there, it was like, Oh, this is not going to end well. And it was, it was a very, uh, it was, it was a bad moment for me. And I, I know that's, that's kind of, that's kind of cheating because it was spoiled, but um, I, I, I haven't really had too many things where it's, and I'm a big texture guy, like Randy, like, mm. like you said, like if I, if I had, I'll, I'll check cow lip, it's, it's off the list. Um, <laughs> I think there, there's, there's, uh, there's, I do have one story, um, from, uh, my father-in-law, my Dana's father has some uh, property in, in Ireland and we spent some time, uh, in Ireland and there's a, a family that lives next door that kind of, uh, they have a, a farm and their farm goes over onto their property. So we, we got to know them pretty well. And when we were coming to visit, uh, they, they had uh, a bottle of, they called it punchy. It's kind of like uh, Irish uh, moonshine. And um, they had a, a full bottle of it and they brought it for my, my father-in-law because my, he's from the South and he loves that kind of stuff. And um <clears throat> So I, they must have had a conversation about it or something. And it was this whole big event. They invited us down to the house and we're, we're in the house and they present this bottle to my father-in-law and you know poured him a glass and, and asked me if I would like to try some. And I said, oh, I'll, I'll try just a little bit. And she's, they've, they've got these tall shot glasses and I, I, I shit you not, man. She filled that all the way up. There was no, you could get no more liquid in this thing. <laughs> and, and in this situation, you're drinking it it doesn't matter what it is. You're drinking the whole thing. Otherwise it's, you're, I don't want to offend anybody. And I took a sip and I thought, Oh shit, <laughs> this was like 99% alcohol proof, whatever. And I looked at Dana and we had that we're married. We know each other pretty well. I, I gave her that. You're going to have to help me with this look. And 
she took a sip and it barely just touched her lips. She did not put a dent in this tiny little glass. Now this was probably two ounces. She didn't take a, she didn't put a dent in. She's like, Oh, that's good. And handed it back to me. And, so I had, <laughs> and, and, and I, and I mean, you got to drink. And meanwhile, my father-in-law is just throwing it back. He's like, Oh, this is great. And oh. having, and, and, you know, he wouldn't help me with mine. And I, I just, I knew I was going to, I knew I was going to regret it, but it was, it was a, a, a kind of an event. They invited us into their home and I'm not going to offend anybody. So I drank the whole thing. I knew I was going to regret it. And I vaguely remember walking back up the hill. Uh, <laughs> and apparently I was just on my ass for the next 12 hours. Like I was just, just completely torn up, but that wow. was that, uh, that, that one got me. That was for sure. Well, mine is pretty similar. Uh, and uh, I don't wish this on my worst enemy ever, but uh, one of my friends who I went to college with loved always trying like the hard, like when he went in, he always went hard on everything. Like, I mean, this is the guy who loved like drinking Goldschlager out of the bottle and just, you know, peppermint schnapps. And he created a margarita with peppermint schnapps and he just Ooh. loved like uh, just hard, everything hard, 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 hard. Like, um, and uh, it was always go hard, go big or go home. And, and one of the things he wanted to drink on his during his bachelor party was absinthe. Mm -hmm. And none of us had experience with absinthe, including myself. And uh, so we didn't do the whole sugar cube, which would have helped. Uh, it also would have helped if the absinthe was actually not room temperature. <laughs> um, so we drank absinthe that was room temperature with no sugar cube. And holy fucking hell, that was just awful i mean just awful i mean it took me about four bags of cool ranch doritos and like three shiner box to even just get the taste remotely out of my mouth i didn't even care i was putting anything in my mouth just to raise i didn't even care i didn't even care and it was just it was god awful and i uh and i actually like licorice i like that kind of i like you know we like talked about star anise i like that flavor component but not that much of it and definitely not room temperature when it could have, it definitely could have used the sugar cube, a little bit of sweetness. Would say, probably it's it's out. wildly bitter also, which is why yes. it hints the sugar. Uh, <laughs> oh God. It uh, just, just no, 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 <laughs> never again. I don't even care with the sugar cube, not doing it. Yeah. So many people, I've told that story to so many people like, Oh, you did it wrong. No shit. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You want to try it? No, don't don't want to try it for real either. Don't want to don't want to don't want to do it right. I just no, because it'll just take me back to that. We talked about nostalgia. It'll take me back yeah. to that moment. Yeah. Just yeah. awful. God bless. That was terrible. That's, so, that sounds rough. It was. It was very bad. Um, very bad. Um, so, <laughs> uh, well, gentlemen, thank you so much uh, again. I can't thank you enough for this. This has been an absolute blast. I really appreciate it. Um, everything um all the time that you guys have given me what a great what a great journey what a great saga what a great odyssey that we went down tonight and just uh check out uh, flavor odyssey a cigar dojo production hosted by uh the two gentlemen here in front of me mr rob rasmussen and randy griggs um every wednesday night uh, you can also i'll put everything in the show notes you can check out their youtube channel and everything as well and uh there'll be a taking you along a flavor journey like none other. So thank you so much, gentlemen. Thank you so much to our audience for staying up late with us as always. Uh, we always thank your, we always appreciate your likes, shares, and comments. Uh, if you already are a subscriber, wherever you subscribe to podcasts, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure you download, subscribe, and review. If you already are a subscriber, please hit unsubscribe. 
but please don't forget to resubscribe. That helps my numbers and I can keep getting great guests like the two gentlemen in front of me tonight. Uh, you can always check out our YouTube channel as well, Elosu Fumar, and our Facebook page, Elosu Fumar, for upcoming guests, including next week. We celebrate the 20th anniversary of Ocean's Eleven. Yes, the second Ocean's Eleven. George Clooney, Brad Pitt, uh, Fred Rui, industry icon. And Sam Shep uh, Sam Spencer, excuse me, Shepard, not the actor. Sam Spencer of McAuliffe Cigars will be joining me uh, to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Ocean's Eleven. We'll talk a little cigars, we'll talk a little film. There'll be a lot of fun. You don't want to miss that. Uh, next Sunday night, 9.30 Central, 10.30 Eastern. For everyone out there, I'm Barry Duplessis live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios of Euless, Texas. This was our 191st take. And guess what, everybody? See you next time. <laughs>